Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome, everyone, to the Spotlight on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, joined once again by SP3. Jeremy should be returning to the show next Thursday. I think he'll be back on Fightful platforms maybe as fast as tomorrow. You might start seeing him pop up again. Um, and uh, obviously, Jeremy can take all the time that he needs, um, but it'll be good to have him back. But in the time being, it's always great to have my brother, SP3, join me once again on the Spotlight. Thanks for joining me again on short notice. And how you been doing, man? I am doing well. It's been a nice little week. Me uh, filling in for Jeremy. Like you said, Jeremy, take as much time as you want. I got your back, brother. And I got yours. Glad to be here talking some wrestling. Because anytime we're on screen together, we usually are talking about Degrassi <laughs> or something from the 90s that we that we watch instead of wrestling because we talk so much wrestling. So it is cool to have a change of pace from two people in wrestling media to actually talk about wrestling. Yes, I completely agree. And uh, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. A lot of good topics from the world of wrestling. Um, a huge AW Dynamite show that happened last night that we're going to jump into here in a second uh, with a lot of stuff that happened, a lot of big stuff. Um, and then some big stuff, I mean, a lot of big stuff around the whole world of wrestling. Um, some stuff we'll be talking about today, guys. Uh, we have obviously our AEW, um, WWE, other and indie spotlights. I also have an interview for y'all 
that I recorded with Gunnar Mathis, who is a avid Cody Rhodes collector. He shows his whole collection or he shows portions of his collection, but then we have like full videos and stuff um, on social media as well. But uh, Gunnar's going to talk about his Cody Rhodes collection. He's going to show it. And um, that was a really, really fun conversation. Obviously, being a big Cody Rhodes fan, I very much enjoyed that. I think y'all will too. Even if you don't like Cody, you're not like a super fan like we are. I think you'll still appreciate the dedication to the collection that this man has put together. So um, that'll be around 10 a.m. Eastern time. Y'all will hear that. Um, and thank you again for everyone who joined us, <clears throat> um, who's joining us early. Again, it's another 8.30 a.m. show. Uh, this is, I think, the third or fourth week in a row we've done it at 8.30. So appreciate everyone who's been here for the early time spot. But we should be back. <clears throat> we should be back to, to 9.30 next Thursday. That's the plan. But if not, I'll keep you all updated on social media to let you know when we own live. That said, SP3, anything you want to talk about before we jump into the spotlight topics? I, I mean, there's a lot to discuss from AEW, WWE, uh, Impact Wrestling. They had a show last, last Friday, so let's get into everything going on in this world of wrestling. Let's do it. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. It was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. There's eight. Oh, you know what? We're going we're gonna to double up on the bumper this morning because there's a big return coming up. I'm old and I'm fucking tired. And I work with fucking children. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. So we're going to start off our spotlight today with, you know, we're going to start off with MJF for Adam Cole. That opened up Dynamite last night. That was the first thing we saw on the screen. Um, in my opinion, it was a fantastic match. Like, I thought it was great. And I thought it was smart how they got out of, and well, let me, let me, back up for people who may not have seen it so we can kind of paint a fuller picture um adam cole and mjf did a title eliminator match last night on aw dynamite um obviously the stipulation there being that if adam cole wins he gets a title shot in the future against mjf for the for the world championship um the match went the full 30 minute time limit it was a great back and forth contest like a, a really really great match in my opinion and a smart finish because you know, they don't want to pin or submit MJF. I understand that as their champion. Um, we talked about it last week with the title eliminators for AEW. They, I think there was only been one that we, that we could think of that the, the non-champions won in like the last you know, four years of the company existing. So it was one of those things where we were actually open to the idea of Adam Cole winning, but I do like the way that they set this up because it was very, it was very clear he was going to win if time didn't run out. Um, so SP3, what do you think about this match, the finish? And I think it's pretty clear we're going to get Adam Cole versus MJF again. Uh, so how do you think this all goes down? I think it was a superb opener to the show, just how smart they accomplished so many different things where they had to give you a matchup that didn't give away too much, but was like a preview of what they can do in a championship matchup on pay-per-view. And I think they accomplished that goal. Then they had to stretch it for the entire 30 minutes, which is pretty much, you know, a quarter of the whole entire show. And I think they did that very well. And 
and just just the the finish the the different story plots that they they threaded throughout the 30 minutes like mjf using a lot of the the taunts and the and the moves of adam cole's mentor Shawn michaels uh the the super kick to the face where mjf was bloody from the mouth tombstones and panama plexes on the on the apron you had mjf with the flying elbow off the top rope through the table which he's only done one other time against brian danielson at revolution so so many different plot points he also got the the kind of thread throughout mjf's title run of bryce rensberg the referee always knows mjf's tricks i love that that that's a little that's a little (laughs) kind of plot point that's under the radar of mjf's kind of title reign because it really started in the revolution matchup and i called it out and i credited them for doing that because a little too often in aew they make the refs look foolish and they have really made bryce rensberg feel like the ref that knows all the mjf tricks and he catches him on it and that led into the finish where it looked like adam cole was about to get the victory after the panorama sunrise then hitting the boom for the for the second time love the smart baby face thing where uh they kind of put a new a new twist on the eddie guerrero spot where mjf tosses the belt to adam cole and then falls down thinking that the ref's about to get up but the but bryce falls down again and adam cole is not jungle boy he's a he's a more smart heelish baby face and he uses the title to knock him out love the little the little threads that they put throughout this and this was a even though it was 30 minutes i feel Feel like they could have gone another another 30 they could have gone 60 minutes if they really wanted to and this was adam cole's best match since coming back from injury i would say that it's probably a top five aew dynamite match of the year so far and i would say it's the second best 30 minute time limit draw they've done in company history from omega danielson is by far number one but this is definitely second in my opinion Yes, I agree with everything you just said. Um, now, one thing I I didn't I didn't notice as it was happening at the very least. Were they doing the minutes like countdown at all during that match? Because that's my they only right. only nitpick to the matchup is that it felt like he only said it like close towards the end because I went back because I didn't hear it initially, but I went back and I did hear him say, you know, five minutes remaining. If he would have done the time calls like New Japan, where they where they make the time calls like pretty much after ten minutes, you hear the New Japan announcers uh, ten minutes uh, ten minutes pass, and you know they they could have done something like that to make it build up, and then it creates that sense of urgency within the matchup a little bit more as well, especially if you were Adam Cole. I think they could have added a lot to the match even more with the with the time call so that was the only nitpick is that the the time limit draw came as a big surprise because they didn't make it more apparent that time was running out now on the flip side though i do think that adds to it like the surprise element of like you're not because it's kind of out of sight out of mind like you're thinking oh damn adam cole's winning like this is it like three seconds one two and then the bell rang but then on the flip side of that it did, it did cause a little confusion on my end because I initially did think, okay, time limit draw probably just happened, but I wasn't thinking about it because I wasn't listening to like a countdown. But at the same time, and once again, this is where like the confusion isn't really good, but like it, it, it wasn't bad either. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want, I don't want it to come across the wrong way. When it initially happened, I first thought time limit draw or did someone just ring the bell? Like, is there like a heel on the outside ringing the bell to like throw the match off? Like, I knew like something was wrong. Now, 
that said, I love the spot you brought up about how they tried the Eddie Guerrero spot and, and Bryce fell back down. And I was like, dude, that's genius. How have we never seen that spot before? Like we've seen the Eddie Guerrero spot a thousand times, either by him or people emulating him with, for people who don't know what we're talking about, for whatever reason, the ref gets bumped, the ref is distracted, whatever happens. And the wrestler will, Eddie Guerrero made this famous, take a weapon, title belt, whatever, throw it to his opponent, lay on the ground like he got hit. Referee turns around, disqualified. Um, this, MJF throws the title to Adam Cole. The referee is up, and then the referee falls face down. And now Adam Cole is just holding the title, and MJF's on the ground, and he doesn't have the weapon anymore. Um, and I love that Adam Cole had the balls to just hit him with it. Like, he didn't do yeah. the the whole, like, wealthier one. He, like, you know, morals and all that stuff. It's like, no, this is MJF. This dude deserves what he's about to get. Like, hit him in the head with his title and, and, and punch your ticket to, to your title shot. So, I uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I, I thought it was, like you said, one of the best uh, matches in Dynamite history. One of the best opening matches in Dynamite history as well. One of the, Definitely one of the best matches this year uh, for yeah. AEW. Um, and one that, you know, obviously why stuff happens, we always going to have some recency bias and stuff like that. But like, as I was watching that last night, I, I knew we were in for a special episode of dynamite. Cause that was a, a hell of an opener. And the show honestly never really lost that momentum. Like it felt like it carried throughout the entire show. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on with MJF and Adam Cole, as far as like the future going forward for those two, like, when do you see, when do you think we see this rematch? And do you think Adam Cole now has a legitimate chance of just straight up beating MJF to become the AEW World Champion? Or do you think, my personal opinion, I'll throw it out there. I think MJF will ultimately retain because I think there's just too much potential in this whole free agency bidding war of twenty four idea with him as the champion. Um, so I wouldn't take the belt off him personally, but. Adam Cole, I think, did a pretty damn good job of like staking his kind of his case out there for why they really should consider like if they do want a babyface champion, Adam Cole has been doing great. That match was awesome. So how do you kind of feel about where we stand with all of that? Yeah, I'm I'm with you as far as the the bidding war of 2024. It's it's gonna be a more bigger story that MJF still has the title as we're running out of time in 2023. I don't see him losing the championship until we get to like a full gear. Winter is coming. You gotta wait till like the end of the year or even make him get out of the year with the title. So it's kind of like the CM Punk uh, Money in the Bank 2011 where he gives Tony the kiss and he he looks like he's leaving even the company completely like they have to do they have to push it as far as they can with that so i think ultimately mjf will win but i think adam cole did a lot for himself in this matchup this matchup did more for adam cole than the entire chris jericho feud in my opinion like mm -hmm. it just really made him feel like the biggest threat or the biggest threat yet for mjf's title reign and like i said it was the best match he's had since coming back from the concussion it's one of mjf's uh, best matches of his reign so far and not as good as the iron man match of course because that's a match of the year candidate probably uh, right now for me it's number two for match of the year but 
definitely these guys showed out over delivered in this opener and like i said top five dynamite match of this year so far and it's been a year where we've had omega and vikingo we've had oh we had omega and moxley in the cage we had the game seven of the the trios championship with the elite and death triangle roosh and brian danielson which a lot of people tend to forget that was a great matchup and one of the best dynamite matches of the year so that's why i put it in the top five i don't know how i would rank all those matches together but definitely cole and mjf right now are in it yeah absolutely um one thing i'll also mention you talked about uh and like the bidding war of 24 coming up and mjf and like the the idea i brought this up also uh recently i think with doug on tuesday we were talking about how um you know because there's there is the opportunity to kind of redo the the concept of what you just said when CM Punk left WWE as the champion um, into free agency. <clears throat> I personally think that MJF should lose the last match that like we know that he like, like whether he's extended or not, or like resigned or whatever, like with AW long-term, or if he's actually a free agent, I actually think it's more interesting if he loses the last match we know about, because then we actually legitimately don't know. We're like, did he lose because he's a free agent or did he lose? And like, is he coming back? Like what actually is, because that was a big thing with Cody. Like when Cody lost to, to Samu Guevara um, in that TNT title ladder match, like we'd still been seeing Cody like week after week on AEW television. Then he loses this big match and he has like this kind of like this speech that was kind of like foreshadowed. Well, really wasn't kind of, it was absolutely foreshadowing what was about to happen. But, you know, and it really, that created a lot of buzz and a lot of questions and a lot of like, that was the internet discourse for a long time was like, what's Cody's next move? Is he actually going to sign a WWE? Is he going to go back to AEW? What's he going to do? So I think it'd be really cool if MJF lost that last match. We really don't know what his future is. And pre like preferably he's just re-signed with AEW and he's going to be going back, but it would be really cool to see him pop up in like PWG or like some like random IWTV show or something. And it's like, and he's talking about going to, he's about, he's about to sign his WWE contract. He just want to give the middle finger to the indie fans one more time, but then he pops up on, you know, dynamite or whatever. And they're like, you know, like you just never, I, I just, I would, I, I like the idea of like a massive free agent that like we legitimately, we all are interested to see where he's going to go, but we really don't know. And that's also part of what's intriguing to me. The most intriguing thing to me about the whole CM Punk return. And, you know, there, you know, he said last night, He's gonna. He's got a lot of things to get off his chest and stuff on collision, and obviously that's very interesting. But a big part of what makes that so good, similar to what I'm getting with it, with this MJF stuff, <clears throat> is um is is the not knowing. Like I don't. Yeah. As much as I'm interested to know what actually happened between the elite and Kenny Omega, and uh, sorry, the elite and and uh, and CM Punk and the whole brawl out stuff and everything and where they're at, like for real. There's a there's a way bigger part of me that doesn't want to know because it makes for way better, way better television not knowing. Like, you know, so I I, I do want to throw that out there too. Like sometimes as wrestling fans, I think that we get kind of caught up in wanting to know everything, or at least I know I used to, um, which is kind of backwards because like I work for like this big wrestling outlet now when I don't like I don't read spoilers anymore. And so because I don't because I've liked enjoying the shows, but when I was growing up, I always was reading dirt sheets, always reading spoilers. I always wanted to know everything about everything that I could about wrestling because I was such a super fan, which I'm sure a lot of people in the chat like are the same boat. But it's it's one of those things where like, man, the show is so much more fun to watch, though, when you don't really know what's going on. 
Yeah, and I, I tend to get that a lot with with AEW, where I don't, I just tend to stay away from like the spoilers and stuff like that. And you know, like I told you, like I said last week, New Japan is one of my is probably my favorite promotion, and you don't get a lot of spoilers with them, so a lot of that stuff comes as a surprise to me. So that's why I enjoy these two promotions so much because a lot of the stuff is kept under wraps, or you know, we'll get we'll get the big the big stuff like CM Punk is returning and stuff like that but we you know we don't get a lot of the the finishes and the, how the card is going to be like a lot of the talk before last night's card because it was such a stat card for washington dc back at the capital one arena was how it would lay out me and joel talked about it on in the weeds like i thought that the eight-man tag was going to open the show and then this match would be in the middle of the show i did get correctly the hung bucks versus uh blackpool combat club in the main event but everything else was a surprise how they laid out this show and I think they laid it out the right way and I agree with you which your your point earlier is that they never really let up uh, uh, put their foot off the gas on this show because right after this this matchup and you know we're still reeling and have the excitement of this match you go into a promo segment where you know Sammy returns Sammy's talking about this and then Darby comes out even though Darby, I understand it was probably what you were supposed to say, but the fans are not loving Sammy Guevara right now. <laughs> like, that was my only pick on that segment, but I think that segment was well done with Jericho and Sting coming all coming out. So yeah, it's just you just have that type of kind of excitement, and you don't expect a lot of this stuff. And last night's Dynamite was an example of that, where I didn't know where it was going every single you know segment or whatnot, and it just made for a more exciting show. Well, speaking of returns and surprises, we have a big return and a big surprise that I'm about to unleash on the world right now. Welcome back to the spotlight into Fightful, Jeremy Lambert. Hey! Do I need my mute? Where's my music to play? Isn't that the the bit? You got to play the music when you do the big, big run-in to make the the save for everything. I get the John Cena theme. There we go. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys? How are you on this uh, beautiful Thursday morning? Doing good. Good to see you. You have you have a great great internet connection where you're at. Like it's real. It's like I'm not being. I'm not kidding. Like that. This is the clearest, best connection I've seen. I think ever on Fightful. Yeah, because the Wi-Fi. I mean, the, the background, the background aesthetic here is a uh, very nice as well. I'm in the the sunroom. Um, the Wi-Fi is literally like I can reach out and, and touch it here at my my parents' house. Where when I'm at my house, the Wi-Fi is on the other side of the of the house. So it's the connection is sometimes a little screwy. But yeah, that's probably why why it looks so good here at my yeah. uh, my parents' house. But how, Hi everybody it, in yeah. the chat. How's how's things going, man? Uh, you know, hanging sure. in there, taking it, taking it day by day. Uh, I don't oh. want to take up too much time. I know, uh, Jensen, you're on a you're on a schedule here. SB3 just apparently, th- this is just what he does. I mean, this is what he does anyway. But this is like fully what he does. He's he's filling in for me on all the shows. He's doing all of his other shows as well. So yeah, SP3, the goat. I appreciate you uh, so much, buddy, uh, filling in on all these shows uh, for me while I've taken time to handle 
not very fun stuff oh, <laughs> being honest uh so so yeah but i'm doing well i i did want to i watched wrestling for the first time um since last since last monday's raw not this past whatever last monday's raw was i don't even remember that show if i'm being honest about that too like i, I have no idea what happened on that raw uh last <clears throat> week but i haven't watched any wrestling since then i've caught bits and pieces of, of stuff but i haven't like watched a full show i watched all of dynamite last night uh the first full-on wrestling show that, that i've watched and uh it's a really good show uh yeah from from start to finish like a fantastic show honestly um i really love the the main event segment i didn't know who that guy was that kicked Kenny Omega at the end, the there should have been a video package. The announcers could have done a better job explaining why this man is here, what he's doing. It's been forever. Was he coming off of an injury? Where where has he been? You know, we haven't seen this man in AEW in a while. So I I would have liked more clarification. Is that Okada? That yeah, was was that Okada? <laughs> Eddie Kingston? Like Eddie Kingston? Didn't he quit? Why is he back now? Like he he quit. AEW. I don't understand why he's just allowed. Did he? Did he sign another contract? I would like clarification on that as well. You, you if they worked out a new deal, you know, because... you know what's the funniest is that I legitimately had to block somebody because he was <laughs> trying to tell me that how can Eddie Kingston be on the show? He's in ROH. How, how can he be on Dynamite? And Claudio like, was in the main event. <laughs> He was like, he was like, they did a brand split and stuff. I was like, no, they actually didn't do a brand split. It's only been said. They never did a draft. He was like, well, you got mad at WWE for people showing. I was like, oh, you're one of those guys. Okay, block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the main event alone, like Claudio and and Wheeler Yuta are both in Ring of Water, and they're they were wrestling in the main event of the show right before the stuff. That anyway. That's yeah. That's a weird argument to no, make. No, but there there are people that like I know. I know with Jeremy, he does it for the pop. But there are people who actually. Oh yeah. Like yes, there there are hundred yeah. percent are like it's. I haven't been on Twitter uh, in like a good week now, and so I haven't seen a lot of the nonsense that I'm sure is happening off of off of all of this. But yes, there are legitimately people who the, the stuff that I say is like trolling comments. Like they are not trolling. This is how they're thinking when it comes to this. I do, however, like being serious, I do want a backstage segment or something with Eddie Kingston just being like, I did quit AW. Then Claudio was a bitch and came here. He's showing up here every week. So I'm just going to, I'm back and I'm just coming here to kick his ass. I do want that just like segment, that line. Like I need that line from, from Eddie Kingston uh, to, you know, one, he gets to go after Claudio. So he always appreciates that. And two, let's do the cohesive storytelling here. Cause he did quit. He did. And, People forget yeah. it. He quit. True. And it's a layered story because he's coming into AEW to get his hands on Claudio. But remember his promo when he first came to ROH. He said, I made a promise to Mox. I wouldn't fight you in AEW. This ain't AEW. But now yeah. he's coming into AEW. Then now you had the confrontation with Moxley. Like, I was like, this is an interesting part of the whole 
kind of I thought I thought last night and it says it in the title and I totally think it is. It's one of the best AEW endings no. ever. Like no. it's right up there. It's right up there. It felt like one of those, you know, 2019 we're heading into a pay-per-view. Everybody's coming out. You got the twist and the turns. There's so much story into it. I thought it was the best of the year so far for sure. Let me tell you, by the way, I do think we're going to get like an Eddie Kingston line or something with, with Moxley and Claudio and stuff because Eddie's very smart when it comes to this stuff. So I think they'll make sure to tie that up. The best Dynamite ending ever was when Malachi Black defeated Brock Anderson and the show just ended and people were expecting this big thing. I think they're expecting the Cody return on that show. And Malachi just beat Brock Anderson and he just walked up the ramp and Brock Anderson's just in the ring. Like, look, and then that was the end of the show. <laughs> That's the best dynamite ending ever right there. I don't care about all these all returns and which of chaos and, and everything happened. It did have the, the feel that was the, that was the trope in the early AEW days like the go home show for a pay-per-view was just everybody come out and brawl that was that was the big trope like every single go home dynamite was just everybody is just brawling and then it, it did feel like that last night which wasn't a bad thing because they don't do it as often anymore it's they don't just do that big show ending brawl anymore so this actually felt fresh where had they tried to do this in 2019 be like oh we're doing this again people wanted the old dynamite back they wanted the uh the Michael Nakazawa stuff on the turnbuckle and everything. I miss the old dynamite. That was a, a thing that was yeah. uh, shown to me when I asked the wife, what's happening on Twitter? She's like, people are complaining about like dynamite not being good anymore. And they want the old dynamite back. Well, there you go, everybody. Yeah. It's well, Rob Wilkins <laughs> tweeted about it uh, last night. And I completely agree that last, the ending of actually, which is transition right into it. You can stick around Jeremy if you'd like as well. Um, the, I got a little time. the um <clears throat> the second AEW spotlight is um and once again some recency bias, but I think that may have been the best ending of Dynamite ever last night. Like I really did, and a big reason of it is like what Rob said on Twitter that I was getting at is um it it felt like the ending of WCW Nitro in the late nineties. Like I, almost every Nitro would end like that, where it was just like a big, and I can't tell you how many times like. And it was a different time back then, obviously, because you just had the wrestling like once a week or twice a week and there was no social media and like there, you weren't exposed to it and you didn't get like over, you didn't get like the overexposure to it, kind of like how we have now. But I'll never forget back in the day when like Nitro would end and it'd be like the giant in the ring kind of like clearing someone out and then like the NWO would be coming down the ramp and the show would just, it'd be like, we got to tune in next week to find out what happened. And like you'd be sitting there all week wanting to find out what happened between the, like the giant Lex Luger and the NWO and Sting, like when the cameras went off. Um, and it wasn't like that from that sense of like a cliffhanger last night, but it felt like that ending where I, I mean, it was a ton of buzz. Like I was actually pretty fired up. Like at the end of the show, I was like, damn, they really set up so much good stuff just then. And the way that they, they make Osprey look like a big deal. And like, it just, I thought that I, I personally, I think that was the best ending of Dynamite ever, but I also know it just happened last night. So, like, I might be biased on that. How, I, and it sounds like y'all kind of agree, like, that it was a Jeremy, maybe not, maybe not his cup of tea because he enjoys uh, the Soprano style ending where the show just ends and everyone just like, okay, what just happened? He, 
he prefer he prefers Big Show versus Kane in two thousand six over yeah Ryan that Daniel match Finn versus Kenny Omega. Haters. <laughs> What was the you guys what was, are haters? What was, the technical was, masterclass of Big Show versus Kane. What that was match the, was great. What was the WCW pay per view that ended like it ended early? Like the pay per view cut out in the main event. Oh, uh, it was Halloween DDP Havoc? and Goldberg. Yeah, Halloween Halloween Havoc, Havoc. yeah. Best best yeah. pay per view finish ever, Jeremy. No, my no my favorite <laughs> my favorite WCW main event and pay per view is uh uncensored with Hogan and Savage. In the doomsday cage match against the alliance to end Hulkamania. That's legitimately like no troll, like my favorite match ever. That's the match I've probably seen the most in my life, which I mean, that match sucked. No, absolutely <laughs> not. That match, <laughs> Zeus, Dude. we had yeah. Zeus in that match. Hogan with the frying pan and Savage, they they forgot the rules at the end. They didn't know how they were supposed to win. So they like yep. escaped the cage and Savage has to dive back into the cage. That's right. They get a pin before so Bailey. Wasn't that the one where Savage does like a like a double axe handle off the top of the cage? And I'm like, oh, I feel like he's like going to blow his knees out. It was like, oh, uh, that God. was... That was, I think, Halloween Havoc. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. It's Piper and Hogan in 90s. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. That one. Yeah, he had blew out his knees because that cage was like 20 feet high. And he's like, yeah. yeah, sure. Let me just jump on this and just do a regular double axe handle. That wasn't uh, the smartest What's move in no. the whole world. In seriousness, in seriousness, it was – my memory is bad on this stuff. I tend to remember the bad stuff more than the good stuff um, when it comes to professional wrestling. So – that probably was one of the best. I'm trying to think of Cody doing like the Let's Express thing wasn't the ending. If that was the show ending, I know that would have been Jensen's favorite because that was an all-time thing where Cody is just fired up on the bus and his big return. They should have closed the show with that. There was the, maybe it was the full gear go-home show where the Bucks are like jumping off the entranceway onto tables and everything. That was, we, we talked about the, big close close uh the show closing brawl at the beginning that was that was one that distinctly i remember where the bucks were, were doing that spot at the end of the show you know it was a good ending though and it literally just happened a few weeks ago the callous turn on oh, mega great, of course like, yeah. that was a fantastic yeah. ending that so aw they they do pretty well when it comes to like the, these endings and give you giving you these moments uh at the end of the show but to be fair last night was like mixing together like five or six different stories like all at yeah, one yeah. time so like they just accomplished so much and not because the funny thing is when uh so i'll pull the curtain back a little bit with how kind of the the the, the food is made or whatever uh gizberto who does the thumbnails for the show i i was i was hitting him up like during the like probably like right around the beginning of the main event and i was like hey I'm going to definitely want Alex Shelley in there, which we're going to talk about, because I really want to give Alex Shelley his flowers today on the show. And also, <clears throat> I was like, you can go and put the Adam Cole MJF match on there. Like, that's, we're going to definitely talk about that. Um, and literally with, like, maybe two minutes left in the show, I was like, okay, like, we're pretty set on, like, and then within the last, like, couple minutes, I was like, oh, my God, everything just changed. Like, so much just happened in this last few minutes. And that's why I think it adds more to like why how, just the importance because you had all the layers between the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. You have layers within those layers with it being the Hung Bucks, you know, as the tag team. You have the layers with 
with Kingston and and Moxley, but also Takeshita and and Omega and 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 how Callus works into all of that. And then you had Osprey coming out, and you, and you have Osprey and his history and his upcoming match with Omega. It, 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 they accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. Like I got to give AEW a lot of credit for that. When you when you think about the last month, though, like Jeremy brought up the Callus one, but Hangman reuniting with the Elite is up there as well. Like yeah, it's in the past month, they've had like three of probably if if we're just gonna make it a broad thing, three of the top ten greatest dynamite endings of all time like in that moment i do agree with jeremy i feel like the full gear 2019 go home uh brawl with the elite and inner circle like set the bar for for endings i know they did one i think before uh revolution 2020 that was similar to that one they did uh i i also remember uh, the one before All Out 2021, where they had uh, the, the baby faces stuck in the cage and the elite was like, you had Kenny Omega cutting the promo as the elite are just beating on all the all the baby faces and it just, that felt like a big time and that was like a prelude to the ending of All Out 2021. So there's a bunch of great endings that AEW just nails, but when you think about the last month with Callis turning on Omega, Hangman reuniting with the elite, and then this ending I think those are in like that conversation for like the top 10. And last night I do agree with Jensen. It just accomplished so much. Like you had all the layers with Kingston coming back, going face to face with Moxley for the first time since Moxley's been heel in AEW. And now it's a role reversal of how we started the whole Kingston Moxley story in AEW where, where Kingston is the hero and Moxley is the guy who's kind of on the, the bad end of things. And he's aligned with uh, Eddie Kingston sworn enemy Claudio Castanoli as well as someone he also doesn't like very much Brian Danielson he's he's given spinning back fists to the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club you had the Young Bucks getting in trying to get at Moxley and Kingston stopping them then you have Takeshna coming out and attacking everybody you have Takeshna and Omega continuing their rivalry and then you have Will Ospreay just looking like a monster and telling Kenny Omega remember what you did to me <laughs> remember what you did to me it's so many different stories threads and narrative that they played out in four minutes they did all of that in four minutes that was like the most useful about a most productive amount of time that they spent telling so many different stories in an instant yeah the only thing <clears throat> this is a this is a uh just uh just a shout to anyone who might know over at AEW that can you know help out with this the, the only thing they need to help me with is during it's always sunny in Philadelphia season, they just need to end the show as close to ten as possible so I can flip over to always sunny before the show starts. That's that's my that's my only nitpick is is as as AEW's wrapping up, I'm like this is the greatest ending ever, but I'm like I don't want to change the channel because like what else is about to happen? So I'm watching, 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 watching. Then I'm like, okay, it's over. And then I got then like I flip over to always sunny so I don't miss the beginning of the show. So if y'all can help me out with that, I'd appreciate it. Think <laughs> about show. me. <laughs> You have like a DVR that'll tape something while you're watching something. I so I do it all digitally now because it's like the, I don't have like DVR, but I have like FX now or whatever. So I use oh, like that, you know that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I you know then normally I would have to wait until like the next day or whatever to watch it on like Hulu or like you know right. overnight when it uploads. So um, you gotta so, pull up, you gotta pull up like Always Sunny just and start it on your phone or something and then or your computer while the <laughs> while the wrestling's on the yeah. tv and then you could just 
kind of pay attention to the beginning of Always Sunny and the end of AEW and then flip it when the time comes. You got to master the multiple screens here, Jensen. I know. That's, that's cool. I've got it, man. I'm, I'm being overdramatic. I have, two, I have two televisions in my living room, <laughs> but it's but it's it's OK. I, I I'm just I'm just throwing this out there for my Always Sunny fans out there. This this, this season's been been hit or miss a little bit. But I, I thought the first episode of the new season was hilarious. So like there there's some stuff that they're doing. I think that's really good still. Um, also really quick, I want to bring up about AEW before we move on. Um, massive shout out to the goat Chris Jericho for trolling everybody into thinking he didn't want to work with Sting and then going right into working with Sting. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that. Um, and I love that they're finally addressing this whole baseball bat versus baseball bat thing. Cause as much as I love Chris Jericho, I've always thought it was really weird. He's carrying around this bat in the same company where Sting is synonymous with belt with a uh, bat carrying, you know? So like, so the, with the fact that they went kind of bat bat for bat, like you can tell that they're off some sort of duel in the middle of the ring whenever they wrestle. Um, and it's been, I mean, they've never wrestled with each other. They've both been in the business. Jericho for over 30 years, Sting for what, over 40? So like, yeah. uh, I, I mean, two, two of my legitimate favorites ever. I know I know Jeremy's a big Sting guy as well. Um, I love Sting. If I had to pick a top five, like Jericho's in my top two, Jericho and Cody. And then I've got like, Randy Savage for sentimental purposes for getting me into wrestling is right around. The, those are my, my top three, but in my top five, like Sting's probably in right outside of that top three, like Sting's right there for me too. So to finally see Sting and Jericho look like they're going to go at it. I love finally that we're going to get that. And I love it even more that Jericho led everyone to believe that he had no interest in this on social media. What they, what they need to do is a big tie in here. So we have bat versus bat, Right. Home Run Derby is beginning of July. <laughs> oh, Home Run Derby is typically beginning because it coincides with the, the All-Star break. I'm pretty sure it's like July 4th or, or whatever, like around that time because that's when the yeah. MLB All-Star break is. June, what, 29th? Fight Forever comes out? Oh, yeah. They got yeah, the mini game, the Home yeah. Run yep. mini game. Yeah. Tie it all together. I need some type of just gimmicky Home Run segment with sting and chris jericho I, whatever that might be i i just i just need even if it's you know it doesn't have to be like a legit like home run derby to it. maybe sting is above this even though we've seen joker sting in impact i don't think sting you know stings there for the pop and the entertainment he'll do this nonsense he doesn't care jericho certainly will make an ass of himself and he will do some like type of home run derby gimmick vignette if they need to so this is what i need this is my pitch to to AEW, I need some type of home run derby segment to tie in the video game, tie in the actual home run derby, tie in the let's see whose bat is stronger in the home run derby. Okay, this is what we need to do. That's my Sting my can paint his face like Abe Knuckleball Schwartz with the oh, baseball with the baseball. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, Jer- yeah. Jericho would actually be the one to do that. I feel like with Jericho. With the pain maker, pain maker style, yes. but baseball. He would, he would do it. Yeah, yeah he Jericho would definitely would do that. Do Sting, Sting should just do the glasses, the Steve Borden look to come out, like taking it super serious. And Jericho should do the the hokey, yeah, knuckleball shorts face paint. I like this. And they have to have like Sammy and Darby be the pitchers. Well, so it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a father-son thing. Yeah. It's like a father-son <laughs> playing catch, playing baseball. Oh, yeah, having a catch out there. I, I Have you ever seen the, the clip of uh, MJF having a catch with Colt Cabana, father-son, in, uh, on the Indies? I think yeah, so, yeah. It's a great, there's, a, there's a great, there's a great um, clip y'all can find from years ago. 
because the joke on the indies for for years was that MJF was Colt Cabana's son because they look similar. They're both Jewish, all that stuff. And um, there was a there was a match. I can't remember who who was for y'all can find it really quick. I'm sure. But um, in the middle of the match, they both like get gloves and a baseball and cats in the cradle starts playing over the speakers and they're playing catch together in the middle of the match. And the crowd is just going insane. Like MJF like doesn't know how to throw the ball. Cause like his dad never taught him how to throw. So like they're cheering once he like finally gets the ball over to Colt. It's so funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, another thing that we're, we're downplaying massively, but would also make it really funny. I would put money on Chris Jericho and Sting. Neither of them would be able to hit the ball. Like, like, he, like, because, <laughs> yeah. like, because, like, it's so much harder than people realize. Like, I'm not even talking like an actual pitcher throwing fastballs. Like, just an average person throwing strikes, it, they're probably not going to hit the ball. So, like, it'd be really funny to if watch they're, these they're two just, dudes. <laughs> they're just throwing it underhand, though. They're not going to throw yeah. like an actual like strike pitch. Okay. They're trying to throw it. If you do it to yeah. where, if you did it like yeah. batting practice style, where like you're not even, I'm, I'm you wouldn't, I, I'm, I know that's, Jericho that's played hard hockey to, and stuff. That's hard to hit too. You, you see, it is hard. Of the year. Yeah. yeah, rookie of the year, yeah. man. He got a straight. He got a straight throwing it that way. You'd, you'd have to do like the thing where like you sit in front of them and like toss it and like and you know you just kind of toss it and swing like you're doing like uh, batting practice or something. But here's the thing, Chris Jericho big hockey guy like dad was in the nhl like i know hockey and baseball are much different but i'm sure he has the hand-eye coordination stick to ball stick to puck that kind of stuff like i think jericho might do all right and sting like listen sting never proved he could surf i'm just gonna throw that out there (laughs) i'm just gonna throw that out there sting never surfed that's been that was a giant conspiracy um surfer sting never surfed he's been carrying on this baseball bat for all these years can he ball like I, I, I mean, I, or is he just a giant poser? Well, that's something I think that's a I think that's a question that needs to be brought up here on the spotlight. Um, let us know in the comments. Let me know on social media. Like, is Sting just a poser? Because like he can't, he's never proven he can surf. We're and he's not on a baseball bat. Sting slander. Yeah, no Sting slander. I'm a huge Sting fan. No. I'm a huge Sting fan too. I got a sign Ninja Turtle over here, dude. I love the guy. But Sting but, is Batman to me. That's an he was the Batman of for you. Just because you have a, you have an autograph figure doesn't mean you are a fan. I've seen these kind of fans that hound these wrestlers for autographs. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that in the airport. No, I no. I will say though, I the couple of these are airport autographs. Um, Prince Albert and Kevin Nash. I met in, in airports actually back in the day. Um, now Kevin Nash is ironic because I just saw him do an interview saying he doesn't sign in airports, but um. But that, but that, way, listen, that, 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 that was back in '97, though. Yeah. So like the, the, the different times, and you I was also make money back then. He, when I was also a little kid, I was a little kid walking up to him, being like, I'm completely afraid. By the way, and I had to get my dad to come with me because I was like, this guy, because he was in the NWO. I thought he was gonna beat me up or something. I was like, that's <laughs> Kevin Nash, um, and he was the only. It was the first guy I ever saw that was bigger than my dad because my dad's six foot six. Who, like, as a kid, I think my dad's like the biggest guy ever. Then I see him next to Kevin Nash, and I was like, oh my. God god this guy's humongous um anyways we're getting way off track but let, let us know like can sting can sting actually pay baseball because i don't know if he can surf or not kevin nash should have charged you for that autograph i'm kind of shocked that he didn't honestly well he tried charging me years later not not for that this is completely unrelated but years oh, later I, hilarious I, no no years, <laughs> so you, you got, got an autograph from me yeah no. he went up to him and like oh i met you when i was a kid and you gave me an autograph he's like 
how much should I charge you for it? Yeah. Oh, charge it? Well, I want 10 bucks now. Come yeah. on, hand it in- over. You're interested older now. In, interest in inflation. That was back yeah. in 97. So um, <laughs> it's funny because like years later, um, I saw him in an indie show and I was going to tell him all this, but his he was charging so much for autographs that I didn't even like approach the table. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Like I've already got, I have like literally four of his autographs because I have like, I've met him. I've met him multiple times. Um, I have him. I have an autograph of him as like the super shredder on like a Ninja Turtle figure as well and stuff. Nice. Um, but, uh, but anyway, no, I'm a big Kevin Nash guy. I, I love Kevin Nash. Like, um, but yeah, it's anyway, like I don't know. Worker right there. Kevin Nash. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's underrated though for like, not harder. He, he could work when he was younger like kind of the diesel days and like the the kind of early wcw days when he wanted to but once he realized like i'm getting paid more than everyone else and bear and like don't bump like why would he like i get it hogan went out there and did the same thing do his do your five moves and get out of there you know it's about making money and having a uh, i mean he had a bunch Dude. of surgeries and now hogan sure. has a bunch of issues too. what i love making money brother what I love about Kevin Nash is he'll admit that because he had five moves of doom too. It was like, you know, big boot sidewalk slam, jackknife, power bomb, snake eyes. Yeah. That was, that was part of the, Oh, this thing. <laughs> and, and, that but, but one of his moves he admits was this. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 he pushed his hair back. That, that was what that was and one of his sticking moves. his, his boot in somebody's throat and yeah. just standing there. That's one of his moves as well. <laughs> I remember years ago seeing a Kevin Nash interview this was like 10 years ago, probably. And the interviewer asked and they were like, like, Hey, what's up with like, you're always got your hands in your pockets. Like when you're standing around, I always notice you got your hands in your pockets. Like, why do you do that? And he goes, because it looks cool. <laughs> it's like, I was like, you're right. It does look cool. <laughs> like, like what, it, like, what, it, what it, like, of course that's why he does it. So and anyway, Orange Cassidy saw that interview and he was like, I'm going to change the game. Yeah. He saw that interview <laughs> and then watched what hot American summer and was like, like the the light the bulb light went bulb. off in his head, yeah. Which, by the way, I didn't see Wet Hot American Summer until years after I was aware of Orange Cassidy on the Indies. So I didn't know that he had ripped that gimmick off, and I was so confused when I was watching that movie. There's um, there's a great interview. Um, it will Mahoney. I apologize, I'm butch. It, it's for like Esquire Middle East. Uh, he he does fantastic where he interviewed Paul Rudd. And he asked Paul Rudd about Orange Cassidy. And Paul Rudd was like, no, no, Paul Rudd wasn't like aware of everything, but Will like clued him in to who he was. And then like a year later, he interviewed Orange Cassidy. And he's like, you seen this Wet Hot American uh, summer movie? (laughs) Like this guy just totally ripped off your style. And Orange Cassidy's like, why would he do that? (laughs) Is this like a, (laughs) is this like an aesthetically pleasing look is this a cool look like why would he do that i was not aware of this it's so good uh that dude that dude is uh fantastic uh yeah will i'm pretty sure it's like mahoney oh, we follow each other on twitter but but he's great shout out to him for asking the real questions to orange cassidy and paul rudd that need to be asked yes yes i love that um <clears throat> uh we move on to our next topics here uh Jeremy, once again, feel free to stick around, man. I, I have a little. Oh, extra I time. have it. I don't. You guys were like Seth Rollins. I read the description, like Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker. I was like, huh? Wait, what is happening? Why is Seth in developmental again? What <laughs> has this title run gone so bad that they sent him back? Isn't that yeah. where they sent Corbin like back back to that brand because they don't have yep. anything for him? I thought Seth was the well, champion. What's he doing? 
I thought Braun Breaker was a loser. Doesn't this guy keep losing his title matches? Why is he getting well? A let's title let's, do, match? let's jump over to WWE Spotlights real quick. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. As we're saying, Braun Breaker is going to be challenging Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I guess it's technically just called the World Heavyweight Championship. But anyway, the this is going to be happening on NXT, though. Basically, what wound up happening is um, Braun Breaker was in the ring in NXT. Um, I don't, SP3, are, are either y'all more aware of like the background of this? Because I think Braun had been calling him out and then yeah. Seth answered the challenge. I saw that, I saw, I saw Seth like on the screen on NXT saying he was going to come to NXT next week and wrestle Braun, but they were, they were talking about some sort of background that they had had that I, that I was unaware of. Basically what happened last week on NXT was at the end of the show, they caught up with Braun Breaker because earlier in the night he attacked Ilya Dragunov. Then he basically no-selled that question about uh, attacking Ilya. And he was like, well, I hear Seth Rollins is laying out open challenges. Well, I'm challenging him to come back to NXT and defend the World Heavyweight Championship against me. So that's what's the, the promotion. That's really all the background was. He made a challenge to Seth at the end of last week's show. And then that led to this week where he was dressed as a Dominican pastor and he came out and he was in the ring for Seth Rollins to come on screen and accept this challenge. He was wearing yeah, the all black suit with the with the cross with the chain. Yeah. With the with the very very dark beard and his his tan is is orange on orange which comes out to brown which makes him look Dominican. <laughs> uh and and of course a big a big part of kind of the the promo here from Seth Rollins was he's coming back to where it started for him pretty much in WWE. You know, obviously he started FCW, but then he was NXT champion as they were starting to kind of transition into like the network era. And he jumped up as part of the shield um, and all that kind of stuff. Jeremy, how do you feel about this? Like uh, Seth Rollins is going to be going to NXT as the world champion. I like the idea of him defending the title and being a fighting champion when the other champion isn't even there hardly at all, and it should be Cody Rhodes instead. How do you feel about uh, where we're at with this with Seth Rollins and Braun Breaker? Dude, Seth should have told this dude to kick rocks. Honestly, should have been like, "No, you want to come up, like, come to Raw and fight me. We're getting a world heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah, going to the Performance Center with fifty people in it, defending." This title, I don't know. Like, I get what they're trying to do of like, hey, look at, we have Roman over here who never defends the title and doesn't show up for these shows. Now we have our fighting champion. Here we go. The guy who's going to make all of the towns and everything. The guy who's lost to Roman Reigns multiple times during this title run as well. Seth didn't lose to Roman. Oh, I'm sorry. You beat him by disqualification. That's right. Yeah, he's not he Cody Rhodes. He's not this big old him. loser who lost at WrestleMania to Roman Reigns in the main event. <laughs> Just wait until the uh, about 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 ten about maybe ten ten a.m. Eastern, depending on how long this goes. Y'all be seeing an interview with uh, Gunnar Mathis, and we'll be showing his incredible, incredible Cody Rhodes collection. So if you guys want more positive <laughs> Cody Rhodes bias, that'll be happening towards the end of the show. <laughs> I like you got to pull it back a little bit when it comes to hey, this is going to be our fighting workhorse shit. Isn't that what the Intercontinental title is for? Used as to be, well? yeah. Yes. Like the reason people complain about this Roman Reigns stuff of like, oh, he's not a fighting champion, not a fighting champion. Dude, good. 
he fights the good challengers, not these random people who just lost matches and don't deserve mm-hmm. a title match. Like he's fighting people who theoretically are deserving of title matches it, in big time main events and big time. It makes the title mean something. Roman is like a, a top tier UFC champion where it's like, yeah, I'm only going to fight like the best people out there. Like don't give me these super fights only. I ain't defending my title against the the 10th ranked guy that's on the roster because he ain't got nobody else for me bump all that so uh it'll be a good match and everything like i get what they're trying to do they're trying to boost nxt and make it seem like a viable third brand and everything because they can get that television money if Mm -hmm. uh nxt looks a little bit better so i get the point of it but you can do the same thing with like the intercontinental title and still make it mean a little something i was about to say like that's really i don't know what the right word is that's that's it's kind of how correct. i view jeremy well, is correct yeah, well that's yes right actually word. yes but, but the, <laughs> but the <clears throat> because my perception of the the title that seth rollins is carrying is pretty much that he has the equivalent of like an intercontinental championship you're kind of like proving my whole point actually by saying that because it doesn't feel like the title seth has is on the same level as what roman has it just isn't so but but they're using it similar to how the Intercontinental title used to be in a way, I guess. But calling it a world title, you, I don't know. You know yeah, what? We, this is this is sorry, SP three. This is actually okay. genius by I guess Triple H. I get maybe it's Roman Reigns. Whoever whoever has basically conned the likes of Seth Rollins and maybe Nick Khan, uh, the likes of Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes to be like that Roman schedule. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be a part-time champion. You want to be a fighting champion. This is what it's really all about. You want to go out there and you want to make the towns. You want to go to NXT. You want to defend this title everywhere. And these dorks are like, yeah, this is definitely what we want to do. We want to bust our ass in front of 50 people in front of the performance center. Meanwhile, Roman's on his bus. Like, I'm good. Got this guy. Bring me Bring me another filet. Bring, bring me, bring me the surfing turf. And Seth is back there and catering, eating the NXT cookies. Like, what are we doing here? What, what, this, this is honestly brilliant by whoever was just like, no, 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 you don't want that. That's why Roman was like, they want that schedule. They just can't get it. And they're all like, nah, we don't want it. We want to show up and we want to be there for the fans. Like Roman ain't there for the fans, but he needs to be. Roman's got the game figured out. These other guys, they're still hot dog and handshaking in NXT, but they're they're supposedly world champions. Get out of here. Roman, Roman's got it on lock. The one, the best- bless our tribal the- chief, the defeater <laughs> of Cody Rhodes. We acknowledge Roman Reigns. Acknowledge him, Steven Jensen. There we go. Yes. Now acknowledge <laughs> Roman Reigns. I, I I think the best analogy that I've that I've done for this whole thing it's it's leagues apart the the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship just based on how they've booked this title so far where you have Roman who's basically in the equivalent of the NBA he he went through the NBA playoffs he beat the best people he became the champion and he's been defending his champion he's a dynasty he's Bill Russell in the 1950s. While Seth Rollins is on a street ball court, just trying to stay on the court, 
That's basically what he has done. You the can professor. Lose. You can you can lose against. You can lose. You can lose. Right for Austin. You can you get to my losing. You can be on the losing team on street ball and then immediately go off the court while another team comes on and you can still say I got next. That's the equivalent of what Finn Balor did. Finn Balor lost to Seth. And then got off the court. It was like I got next. I still got yeah. next. Ron Breaker's you, not you, even in the not even on the brand. Going like, hey, how about me? And he lost. He lost to Carmelo Hayes at Battleground. He was like, I got next. Pre Damian Priest literally lost to Seth Rollins the week before he got a shot at the title. Like it does not make any sense. Like you're you're not making this. They think that they're building value because he's defending it so much, and that he's able to defend it. Like Triple H said in the original promo, anywhere, anytime, any place. He also said in the promo, this is the title for the brand that Roman Reigns isn't on between Raw and SmackDown. <coughs> He's on SmackDown. It's supposed to be the title for Raw. And by having Seth go to NXT, a place <laughs> where Roman would never go, like in front of 200 people who are like coin slots where you just put a coin in and you say, chant this. And they do it like it. Do, it's not the same equivalent. It's not building up prestige for this championship. It's making it a more bona fide and more legitimate twenty four seven title more than anything. Like it is, they are so counterproductive with all of this. Like I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Triple H does not know how to solve Vince McMahon problems. He just makes it Triple H problems. <laughs> That's all he's done. That's all he's done. He thinks that the world has championship and giving Roman a new title was the way to solve this whole thing of Roman walking around with two world titles. No, he's just created a Triple H problem where you have a world championship that is the equivalent of the mid-card title. The only other titles that they have done open challenges for is the U.S. Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. By having Seth do this with the world title, you're not building up prestige. You're just making it another mid-card title. That's really all you're doing. It just doesn't make any sense. It is great for the short term of, of popping a big rating on an episode of NXT, getting Braun Breaker experience against one of the top guys in the promotion, check and check. But you are not building prestige for this new title that desperately needs prestige, and you're opening up Pandora's box because you already said in the opening promo, this is the title for the brand that Roman Reigns is in on. You have now given a shot to another brand in NXT. What is stopping anyone from SmackDown to say, I want a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. Roman isn't on this brand this week, so I can get a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. You're opening up Pandora's box. There's literally in kayfabe, there's no, there's no type of logic to anyone on the SmackDown brand not challenging Seth Rollins for this title now. You're just opening up more problems for yourself. And it's just it's just baffling how they're going about this. I, I completely agree with everything you said. And and it's one of those things where I honestly think we have to uh be brutally honest as well that most of the things we're talking about probably get overlooked by little kids. You know what I mean? Like and that's really when WWE's writing most of this stuff, they're not like the 30 something year old dudes who review this for like a living. Like, like, of course they think it's ridiculous because it doesn't make any sense, but like the majority of our audience, that's 10. Like they just want to see their favorite wrestlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, they're not analyzing it like we are. So I gotta, I gotta like be honest about that because <clears throat> it's with all of this, the brand split. I've been saying it forever. Hashtag the brand split isn't real. I've been saying it forever. It's not a real thing. Like they can, they can say it all they want within, within a week. 
AJ Styles was already on the other show and like they're already crossing who oh, could Natalia, the title. Natalia did an interview right after she got drafted. She's like, ah, I got drafted SmackDown. Doesn't mean I think she got I don't remember, but doesn't mean I can't doesn't mean I can't appear on Raw or whichever show she got drafted right. to. She's like, I got drafted here. Doesn't mean I can't appear there. Like she just came out and just flat out said it in a media interview where she could, you know, very easily just be like, Oh yeah, I got drafted here. It's gonna be great, blah blah blah. She's like, Yeah. Like, I already know the deal. I ain't even trying to front on y'all. Like, yeah, I, I know what the jig is here. Paul Heyman's been on both. Like, AJ, yeah, the visitors pass, though. Like, don't right. disrespect well, the well, visitors. Well, I was going to say, because I'll, I'll never forget, at any point, they could just say wild card. So, like, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> and, and just justify it. So, like, they can do whatever they want as long as they go, oh, wait, wait, hold on a second, wild card rule. And then the 10 year olds are like, oh, yeah, wild card. You know, and it's like, that's, that's it. And then all the 30 year olds like us are like, Oh yeah, that didn't make any sense again. But like, we're still watching it and talking about it, so you know, screw us, right? Yes, pretty much. Yes, that's how it. That's how it goes. But yeah, it's been multiple people that have gone from SmackDown to Raw. No one's gone from Raw to SmackDown, so I give them credit for that. At least they've done that. They have. Yeah, because Fox was like, "We don't want these shirts. <laughs> we don't want these jokers out here. Get these guys out of here. We drafted our roster. We don't want your scraps." Over here, Fox understands the game out here. He's like, yeah, we don't, we ain't sending our guys. We got the actual stars over here on Fox. We we don't want these USA Network guys out of here. That's smart GMing right there. One of these G League players on their roster. <laughs> well, the other WWE spotlight, as we're kind of talking about this, and tra- we kind of talk about Natalia and the hey, women's real, division. Real stuff. quickly, oh, yeah. I I gotta, I do have to to run. Uh, so I don't want to take up time and i didn't know if there was smooth transition out of no, there good and, enough uh <laughs> so um yes i'm i'm out bye thank you again to to sp3 for for filling in since last tuesday on everything last wednesday i guess technically uh on everything um thank you as always to, to jensen for just everything you do you've done the last two interviews solo because i was i was not able to make them with everything going on um I'm sure the interview with, with Gunner and your love of Cody Rhodes, so I probably would have had so nothing good. to add to that conversation yeah. anyway. So <laughs> been like, cool, cool figure, man. What'd you think about Cody losing to the tribal chief, the head of the table? <clears throat> oh, I asked him. <laughs> I asked him because he, because he, because he traveled from Atlanta to California to see it happen. Cool. So like, Oh, we talked about that in the interview. Don't worry. y'all. Man, imagining spending all that money in your team, just like, loses that's you know i actually i can't even like troll that would suck like if i went to you know like a game seven like oh i'm gonna see my team win the title and then like they lose i'd be so heartbroken on that even worse when it's predetermined and like completely avoidable yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i'm I'm actually very heartbroken for him on that so i i hope he's uh okay and recovered after after that travel to wrestlemania 41 maybe he'll get get the, the get the title there uh, 41 no. yeah he's not getting at 40 <laughs> like, oh. like, dude rock's in the like, hole right now rock yeah rock's making the I, call to them I right agree. now they ain't calling I, him I'm he's like you know, black adam xfl i acknowledge my tribal chief <laughs> young <Let's> rock go. <laughs> yeah. young rock got canceled yeah, yeah. rock's in the hole he needs this uh good publicity right now so uh yeah thank you to jensen for for taking care of everything with the interviews and the show the last couple of weeks uh i hope to be back at a whatever normal capacity is starting next week i do plan on being back on in the weeds tomorrow so everyone can can watch that show sp3 will be on that show as well 
in a uh, different capacity that's going to annoy Joel Pearl because that's what I live for is to annoy Joel Pearl. Oh, it's going to annoy you, SV3, because I reviewed the tape. I reviewed the footage of what you said to start the season. I don't know if you remember it, but I I got the footage, and it's going to be played, and you're getting aired out. The entire world's getting aired out. Jeremy was correct. Jeremy was light years when it came to the basketball, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let the world know. I'm gonna let the world know <coughs> tomorrow. So we're gonna do a little fun crossover stuff tomorrow on in the weeds. But uh, again, thank you to to both of you specifically. Thank you to to Joel, to the the news writing team, everybody in the chat, everybody who's reached out on Twitter uh, over the past week. It's been a uh, it's been difficult, but uh, you know you at some point you gotta just get back to some normalcy and get back to a routine. So I hope to, to finally do that. You know what I actually hope to do? I hope to sleep. I ain't slept in like, Jeez. like since last Tuesday, I don't think I've slept like at all. So uh, yeah, I, at some point I'm going to sleep, but again, thank you. Thank you to everybody. And you know, I gotta, I gotta put her over. Thank you to the wife. She's the absolute best. And I would not be able to get through all of this without her. So uh, yes, thank you to everybody. Thank you to the spotlight fans. Appreciate specifically you two gentlemen. I am gone. Uh, bye, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the show. Enjoy the interview with Gunner. I'm sure Steven Jensen is uh, you know, acting like a just a giant. It's so good. It's yeah. such a good interview, guys. Uh, bless him. Bless him. Honestly, I'm excited <laughs> to, to go back and, and watch it and just see your face and your excitement over this. I know you're excited to book him. So, guys, thank you. Thank you to everybody. I will I'll catch y'all tomorrow on In the Weeds. I think that show is at 10 o'clock on Fightful Overbooked. Bye, everyone. Thank you to Jeremy for jumping in here today. And uh, every, everyone who's here in the chat, we appreciate y'all for appreciate y'all for joining. We started at uh, 8.30 a.m. Eastern today, so the show will be wrapping up a little after 10 a.m. Well, you'll be getting the interview, rather, around 10 a.m., around 10, 10 a.m., something like that. <clears throat> excuse me and um uh so but we are still going through the topics if you guys have any super chats or anything that you want uh us to read out or to answer we'll put it on the screen and we'll give you uh you know the best we can do to give you your money's worth for for sending your questions and, and your statements and stuff please hit the thumbs up button and the uh the subscribe button here if you haven't done that already as well and um i saw someone actually asked this earlier um if you're still here Nora sparks um, we are going to talk about Alex Shelley winning the Impact World title. That's something I definitely want to deep dive into uh, here in a second. Uh, we just got one more WWE topic, and then that'll be the next thing we talk about. Um, so um, as far as the other WWE topic, don't need to deep dive this as as detailed, but want to throw this out there because there are a lot of uh, changes happening in the women's divisions in the WWE right now. Um, they are making new title belts. They've been unveiling new title belts, and they're going to be consolidating um, or unifying, rather, however you want to say it, the uh, the women's tag team titles. So SP3, uh, for one, how do you feel about the new uh, the new look of the new title belts? Because I think there's a pretty clear pattern here going on. And then um, how do you feel about the NXT uh, women's tag team titles and the WWE women's tag team titles becoming one set of belts? Uh, because I'll quickly say, and I'm... I was to say this real quick because I don't really have any thoughts beyond this, honestly. Because uh, like I think the titles look pretty similar to the men's versions. Like it's pretty clear they're making sets that are you know supposed to look uniform. I get that, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this to, to sound sexist. I, I listen. I love women's wrestling. I put over women's wrestling all the time. I put over intergender wrestling all the time. 
the women's tag team titles have never meant anything in the WWE and, and on, on any of the rosters. So like, I, so I personally don't care what they do with any of them because the, the company's done nothing to make me care about them ever. So um, SP3, any uh, thoughts uh, be, uh, kind of on that? So it's, it's, it's a case of the good, the bad, <laughs> and the ugly. Uh, the, the, the ugly is, uh, the, the, the WWE Women's Championship, because all it is, is the same, literally the same design as Roman's title, even with the undisputed on the title. There's, there's everything disputed about that WWE Women's Championship. When you have more than one title, it's disputed. It's disputed. Like, what are we doing? Like, do you understand what undisputed means or not? That is the ugly of this whole uh, situation. Now, I'll I'll jump to the good. The good is the uh, WWE Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley's new title, is the prettiest of the bunch. Even prettier than the World Heavyweight Championship that Seth has. Definitely prettier than the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and Oscar's title because they just made that into the worst color gold they can possibly find. It looks like... um, it looks like McDonald's hash browns. Uh, like that's that's the color, the color, or like uh, like grilled cheese, grilled cheese gold is what they chose. Deep fried titles is what they chose for those <laughs> for those titles. It just looks hideous. Um, but that World Heavyweight Championship, the design in general was the best of the bunch. But with the white, it just made it pop and made it look really good. Now onto the bad. There's a lot more bad in this whole situation than anything. I said the good. I said the ugly. The bad of this situation. One, I 100% agree with Miss Chrissy Love and Stephanie Hypes. They were on In the Weeds yesterday from True Hill Heat Serving Face and Heels, and they made a great point that I didn't even it didn't even hit me when it happened. Is that Roman Reigns got a whole ceremony? Triple H giving him the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Triple H unveiled the World Heavyweight championship and then was in Saudi Arabia to hand the title to Seth Rollins. Asuka and Rhea Ripley had little old Adam Pierce, who has no power in general, can't even make a match official without making a phone call. He's the he's basically the assistant manager of WWE. He's yeah. the one that gives them these titles. It automatically makes them feel lesser than the world, the, the the men's titles, because you have the equivalent of the assistant manager or the the top employee, not even an assistant manager. He don't even have a title. He's just a, he's the employee of the month. He's the one that gives them their title. It automatically makes it feel lesser than, even though they're the same design as the men's titles. So I yeah. didn't like that. That that automatically puts it on a lower level. Secondly, the other thing that's bad is that you did the whole ceremony for Rhea Ripley, and all she was was a valet in the feud between Dominic Mysterio and Cody Rose because literally since Rhea Ripley has become a champion at WrestleMania, Steven Jensen, people watching on the spotlight, she has been in singles action for a total of 11 minutes. 11 minutes over 75 days. And yes, she's over. Yes, it's great that she has been, you know, still over, still being able to do things without taking bumps. But you're not building credibility for this title reign if you're not wrestling that much and you've not been in any feuds, really. Zelina Vega was not a feud at Backlash. It was an offshoot of the LWO and Judgment Day and more of an offshoot of Zelina Vega's from Puerto Rico. So we're going to give her a title shot. That's literally it. And Natalia, 
We're not even going to get started on that. So she's been in no feuds. You didn't set up any feuds with this whole ceremony, even though you had Raquel Rodriguez there, and all she did was lose in two minutes in a heatless match to Shayna Baszler. You could have had somebody come out and challenge Rhea Ripley to set up something, something with Rhea Ripley. So that is kind of disappointing because Rhea Ripley is one of the most over acts. They just need to be doing more with her in general. With Asuka... Charlotte Flair comes out, and you got all of that, all of that stuff, and it's just like Charlotte Flair. How do you expect me to cheer Charlotte Flair against Oscar? Oscar just turned heel, and they have done her no favors as far as putting her against established baby faces or giving the fans a reason to boo her. They're just doing her no favors, and I really feel this is leading to Charlotte Flair being the baby face to a Bianca Belair heel turn. It just, I just get that itching feeling, and I, I think that is so tone deaf if they do do that, but I can't judge them for that just yet. And then the, the women's tag team situation, that is kind of, I'm in the middle with all of that. Because, yes, that is a smart thing to combine these titles. Because, like you said, they've never given you a reason to care about any of the women's tag team titles. But the WWE women's tag team titles is significantly more worthful than the NXT women's tag team titles. People tend to forget these titles were exist because Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax beat Dakota Kai and Raquel Rodriguez, who got a shot at the WWE women's tag team titles. And then the next week, they hate handed them the NXT Women's Tag Team titles for 30 minutes later for them to lose it to Ember Moon and Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart. In day one, they killed those titles dead. And it is never meant anything in a company that has the 24 that had the 24 7 title at the time that was more worthful than the nxt women's tag team titles so yes combine the titles get it over with ronda rousey and shada baszler i think are good champions they'll probably win the title unification and just move on and try to do something with this women's tag team division because you have so many women you can make it worthful yeah i can't add anything to that that was that was Perfect. I feel. I feel the same way. I think. I think everyone in the chat feels the same way too. Um, they got to do something to make these these titles uh, feel valuable. I love the the call out or, or bringing up that Adam Pierce uh, unveiled a couple of those titles in the and it's it's, it's a totally different vibe. It's like in the UFC when when Dana White doesn't show up to shows and they send like one of his assistants to like put the title on someone or do the press conference yeah. or something and they're like, oh, this wasn't important enough for Dana to be a part of. You know, and it's it, like it's like with the yeah. NBA where where Adam Silva <laughs> gives the trophy to the NBA champions, but the assistant to Adam Silva gives the championship for the N NBDL. That's what you're making the women's titles feel like. They're like the NBDL compared to the NBA with the men. Yes, and before I try, I'm gonna hit the bumper for our other spotlight here. Shout out to Nikola Jokic, Joe, the Joker, however you say his yes. name. Uh, that dude is a is an animal, and I love. That, that dude is more concerned about just like getting home after the game than celebrating with his team. I love because I noticed that I, I watched the NBA finals and yeah. <clears throat> when it was over, I noticed like he wasn't even like getting like the team pictures and like he wasn't nope. doing any of the media and like he was with his he was with his kid. And then afterwards, like they were talking about how he had to be at the parade on Thursday, and he was like, He's Wait, like, no, no, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. And and I just love that this dude, he just like his job is done. He did his work. He wants to go home. <laughs> like that's you know, and he's the best in the world at what he does. So um it's great. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Let's uh move on to our next spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. The big news in our other spotlight this week is 
Alex Shelley became the new Impact Wrestling World Champion. He defeated Steve Macklin to win the title after um, Macklin hit uh, initially like did he does this thing where it is like the tree of Ro- the tree of woe spear in the corner. Uh, Shelley avoided that. See Macklin's head hits the term the exposed turnbuckle head first. Shelley follows up with like a flatliner into that same exposed turnbuckle. Follows up with a shell shocked one two three. And uh, there was a few moves in between that, some super kicks and stuff here and there. But ultimately, that's kind of pretty much how the match ended. Alex Shelley pinned Steve Macklin one two three to become the new Impact Wrestling World Champion. Um, I wanted to make this a, a spotlight today. For one, obviously, because it's a big news, the new Impact World Champion. But for two, Alex Shelley's a guy who I talk about so often, whether it's here on the spotlight or on the weekender or on uh, on live rounds with Doug or anything like that. Like everything that I do. I'm always bringing up Alex Shelley and Chris Saban and they're literally proving my point over and over and over again. Cause I'm always talking about how the reason guys like Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, those guys are so valuable is you can put them in any situation on any show, whether it's a singles match or a trios match or a tag team match, it can be the opening match. It could be for a mid card title. It could be the main event for the world championship and they're always going to deliver and it's always going to be believable. And this was a perfect example. Earlier in the night, Chris Saban beats Trey Miguel to become the X Division champion. In the main event, Alex Shelley becomes the main becomes the, the world champion by beating uh, Steve Macklin. The show ends with the Motor City Machine Guns as the two main singles champions for the for the men in in uh, Impact Wrestling. And um, obviously, Chris Saban has held that title before. Um, I'll never forget him beating Bully Ray with that hammer for it because it was so random when it happened. But that was also like getting over how big of a deal option C is and all that kind of stuff. And um, and the Ace and Days storyline and all that going on at the time. But Alex Shelley had never had that moment. And I've always felt this isn't something comparing like Chris Saban and Alex Shelley in, in like a negative way, more of like a positive of like, I think Alex Shelley is just as good as Chris Saban and Chris Saban has had, he's had a chance to be their world champion. And I feel like Alex Shelley also deserves a shot to be their world champion. So it's really cool to see a guy who's just been grinding for so long. Alex Shelley did great over the pandemic as well. He was uh, the IWTV independent wrestling world champion for a while. Um, He means a lot to the independent scene. And he's a guy who like works outside of wrestling. He couldn't be an impact for quite a while because he has like an actual job where he had to, he had to be there also and stuff. So like he's a dude who's just been grinding for so long, has respect of everybody. Every wrestler I've ever talked to about Alex Shelley puts him over as one of the best guys they know out of a guy that, that they've always learned from a guy that they always want to wrestle with and be around. So I want to just give Alex Shelley his flowers right now and say, congratulations, to Alex Shelley. He finally is being recognized as a world champion for impact wrestling. I think it's long overdue. And, um, you know, all credit to Steve Macklin and Impact. They're just in a weird position with, with, you know, Josh Alexander getting injured and having to vacate. And Macklin definitely was the best choice, I think, to, to take the title when he did. But they're going in a different direction with Shelly. And there's a lot they can do with Shelly and Saban as a singles champions, especially with the talent they have in the tag teams with guys like Ace of Bay or ACB and, and that kind of stuff. So, like, there's, there's a lot they can do with this. And I really, really, I'm just very happy for Alex Shelly that he's getting this moment. 
I 100% agree with everything you just said. Alex Shelley is someone that has really kind of, you you watched him climb the ladder, especially just in his run in TNA. Paparazzi Productions, man. Yeah, Paparazzi <laughs> Productions was one of the great, you don't understand. If you yeah, it was over back then. It was like, so yeah. over. It was so over. It made Kevin Nash it over. Did. When everybody was like, why is Kevin Nash in TNA? Why is he doing this backstage stuff? It put him over it showed off his comedic timing this is how we got jay lethal as black machismo this is how we we started to get you know more familiar with austin aries at this at the time austin so star. It put up, austin <laughs> star yes it put over so many different people and ali shelley was kind of the 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 brainchild behind that and kind of the, the the person that got the most over because of that and he started his climb there then the motor city machine guns just came out of nowhere and became this revolutionary tag team. When you think about the most influential tag teams of the past two decades, you think about the Briscoes, you think about the Young Bucks, and you got to think about the Motor City Machine Guns. Those three teams influ influence what the style is today of tag team wrestling. And so many tag teams have modeled themselves off of those three tag teams. And the Motor City Machine Guns kind of made their mark in the tag team division in Impact Wrestling. I'll never forget their rivalries with putting over and putting on the mat matt and nick jackson when they were generation me i'll never forget the best of five series with beer money over the tag team titles and they did so much in those 20 uh the the late 2000s into the 2010s and then you know he took his time off made his made a, another name revitalized himself on the independent scene because i first discovered alex shelley in Ring of Honor when he was a part of the embassy with Prince Nana and Jimmy Rave and and he was a uh, a heel and a baby face he was a part of Generation Next with Austin Aries, Roderick Strong and Matt Seidel and he's had such an influence and I love the promo that he did before against all odds where he just name dropped all the different names that he helped in this business, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, the Young Bucks, Switchblade Jay White. He made Chris Chris Saban better. He put on Jonathan Gresham and Trey Miguel, and the list goes on and on of people that Ali Shelley has influenced. I don't think anyone deserved this honor in uh, any any more than Alex Shelley. And it just came off as one of the biggest shock title changes of the year because Steve Macklin had just won the world title. So you're thinking that Macklin is at least going to go a couple of months. He might not go as long as the longest reigning Impact World Champion, which was Josh Alexander, but you at least expected him to get by Alex Shelley and get to Slammiversary against Nick Aldis. So it came as a complete shock, a complete surprise for Alex Shelley to get the job done. But like you said, Jensen, it just felt right. It felt 100% right, like seeing the machine guns in the ring and especially coming off this year where they, we got the announcement earlier this year that they had just re-signed new contracts. They officially assigned contracts with Impact Wrestling. Like we should have saw this coming, but we didn't. And that's what made it great. And Chris Saban, like you said, nine-time X Division champion. And really in my eyes for years, the greatest X Division champion had always been AJ Styles. But I think over the last couple of years, it has changed 
transition into Chris Saban and seeing how important he has been to that title and been recognizable with the ultimate X and what he's done in the X division, what he's done in the tag team division and winning it the ninth time kind of confirmed to me, he is the greatest X division champion of all time. And he had a great match with Trey Miguel. They both had the two best matches of the night, giving Steve Macklin a totally different matchup from that bloodbath that he had with PCO at under siege. So it was just a great night for against all odds. And like you said, Alex Shelley deserves all the flowers. Absolutely. Congratulations once again to Alex Shelley for becoming the new impact wrestling world champion. We got about 10 minutes uh, before we got to air this interview. So we got to go kind of quick for the next few topics. Um, but SP three, um, let me know how you're feeling about the new Japan wrestling G one climax, because the blocks have been announced. Let me get, um, I guess, some quick thoughts on on uh, maybe some matchups you're expecting uh, or exciting to excited to see, and um, who do you think wins this whole thing? And also, I know there yeah. was uh, there was a, there was like, some booking confusion here as well. Like who you thought should have been involved with who in this? I will say it here. I'll say it once, twice, <laughs> a million times. Gato, you're a coward. He's a coward. He's cowardice in his booking because he should have put Okada with all the babies. The baby block this year is the A block, which has Sonata, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. You got Shoto Amino. You got Yoda Suji, who just made his return. You got Ren Narita. Chase Owens is in there. That's an outlier. Hikaleo. You got Gabe Kidd. And you got Kaito Kiyomiya, the pro wrestling Noah, uh, you know, uh, upstart kind of top star over there okada would have fit in so well because he has the rivalry with shooter he has the rivalry with ren narita and has a very heated rivalry with kaito kiyomiya he just would have fit in so well in that block i'm most looking forward to in that block sonata versus kaito kiyomiya i think they are two great wrestlers that don't get a lot of credit and they're gonna show out there b blocks got okada yoshihashi tangaloa elp taichi kenta great okan and Will Ospreay. Okada and Osprey had the one of the, the, in my opinion, the match of the year last year in the G1, and they're going to do it in the block four match, which will be very exciting. C Block's got all the, the houses. You got Tomohiro Ishii, you got Tamatanga, Mikey Nichols, Shingo Takagi, Eddie Kingston, Aaron Hanare, Evil, and David Finley. Most looking forward to Shingo Takagi versus Eddie Kingston. I just can't wait. That's going to be so hard hitting. It's going to be fantastic. D Block got kind of the workhorses in Hiroshi Tadahashi, uh, Goto. You got Toriyano, who's just going to have comedy matches. Tensuya Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Jeff Cobb, Shane Hayes of TMDK, and Alex Coughlin. I'm looking forward to Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. And uh, it's interesting this year because you have a, an Elite Eight and a uh, Final Four into the finals. So the top two from each block is going to move on to the quarterfinals. It's only a 20-minute time time limit draw instead of the usual 30 minutes as well uh this year so it's very interesting with this 32 person block but i think that it's naito's year i call for naito to win last year i think i call for naito to win the year before but he has a whole story of getting back to the tokyo dome main event and with sonata as the champion his former per, his former stable mate in lij i think it just makes the most sense for naito to make it to the finals and win to set up sonata versus naito at Wrestle Kingdom. I like that. I like that. And maybe they'll, I mean, it's Naito, they they stop and start so much. Like he gets the title and then he isn't the champion, or like you think he's gonna be the champion, then he doesn't win it. And like it's I feel like that's been his whole career. So maybe 
Um, I can see that happening though. Naito getting this win and getting in there with Sonata, and there's obviously the built-in story with those guys for sure. So that 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 totally makes sense. I think I, I'm with you on that. And we we also got to mention Sonata is going to be <laughs> versus in Jungle Boy Jack Perry at uh, Forbidden Door, which I think is going to be a great match. But I think it's going to be more to tell the story of Jungle Boy saying that Hook is his best friend. I think in wrestling terms, when you call somebody your best friend, this means that I'm going to be turning on you pretty soon. So <laughs> I think that when Jungle Boy loses at Forbidden Door, he's going to put the blame on Hook. And that's how we're going to lead into the Jungle Boy heel turn because he's feeling more kind of more insecure being next to, to Hook, who has the FTW championship. And I think it would be a great heel character. This guy has built up this whole year about winning a singles title. And then he wins the title that isn't even sanctioned by the company and is walking around like he accomplished something. <sighs> I love that. I love the idea. I think that's totally possible. That that's the route we're uh, where we're headed. Uh, let's move on uh, quickly to our indie spotlights. I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out. Uh, some indie news. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this kind of real quick before the interview with Gunnar Mathis here. Um, first thing I wanted to bring up is Fight Pro. Uh, y'all heard Ernie Osiris and Logan Easton Monroe on our show uh, just the other week talking about Fight Pro starting up. It's available now over on IWTV. Um, the season has started. Fight. Uh, they had like an introductory episode last week, and then uh, the, just the other day on Tuesday, they aired um, round one of Enter the Fight uh, for Fight Pro. And uh, I recommend checking this out, y'all. It's a it's a different uh, it's a different presentation. It's very very sports based. It's a little confusing. I'm not gonna lie. Like there is there is some confusion to that because like there's there's multiple. Um, because the, the, as you're watching the show, there's multiple kind of divisions and rule sets and stuff happening throughout the show. So it isn't all ha- you're not watching just like just like the grappling uh, like uh, matches, and then you then like watching um, like the hybrid matches and like the you know it's it's uh, it's all mixed together. But they do a really good job on commentary explaining what's going on and how the divisions work and stuff. It's just one of those things where I think that to get into it, you have to really you have to sit down, you got to pay attention. And week after week, I think it's going to become better and better that where, where people, because, you know, depending on how you win matches, you get a certain amount of points and it's a whole season that they're doing. And basically there's like the veteran, uh, the veteran league and the up and coming league is essentially in layman's terms, how they're doing it. And to become the first champion of fight pro, like their main champion, you basically have to be the winner of the veterans and then like run the whole gauntlet of of the the up-and-comers and like those are going to clash and and, and and form the champion so there's a lot of moving pieces in this thing there's alternates there's, there's already been people who've subbed in for other people and stuff so there's a lot going on but i will say i think the production is really good the camera work is really good the audio and everything is really good the presentation is really good the idea is really good um i like that it's something different and that it's really sports-based um and i think iwtv is the right platform for it the more that i watch it the more i'm like I think this makes a lot of sense with like the the uh, like thirteen weeks or whatever they're doing on IWTV. That's I, I think it's a good a good home for them. So um, and also shout out to you know the talent involved. They had a lot of good people on the, on uh, episode one of this. Like LSG wrestled. Um, I, I really enjoyed the Logan Easton Larue versus Colby Carino match in the co-main event. Thought that was really good. Hilarious for some, uh, Tony Deppin in the main event. We had Red Titus versus Anthony Bennett on this show. Uh, cheeseburger versus Eli Isom and if you know the history between those two like that's a, a big match because cheeseburger trained Isom and stuff so like there's 
there's a there's a lot of really good stuff on this show, a good mix of like veterans and up and comers. So I'd recommend checking out um, Fight, Tro- Fight Pro over there on IWTV. Use code Fight Talk if you want to over there. Um, SP3, do you have any additional? I, I apologize that I can't get like more thoughts because we got to go so fast through these uh, before the interview. But is there anything else you want to throw out there about Fight Pro? No, I agree with you. I think it's an interesting concept. It reminded me initially of uh, the pure rules, yes. but it's a lot more kind of intricate with like the violations and the infractions that the guys can get and how they kind of have the marker underneath to let you know like how many infractions each guy has. Like for instance, Cheeseburger versus Eli Isom ended, it was going to be a, a time limit draw, but because of the infractions, uh, there was a winner. So like that's to yeah. your point. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I really only watched the uh, Tony Deppin versus uh, Delirious matchup, which I thought was a really good matchup between the two guys. And seeing Delirious mm-hmm. out there, you know, as a longtime Ring of Honor fan, that was that was fun for me with him uh, winning with Shadows Over Hell. So that was always uh, great to see. So, uh, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Ring of Honor because of all the familiar names like Eli Isom and uh, world famous CB and uh, Rhett Titus and Tony Deppin and Delirious. Yeah, Prince Nana's the owner. So I was like, okay, I can get into this and I'm interested to to kind of follow along with everything and see how it goes. It's just like you said, it, you just need to take the time and actually pay attention. And I know that's a lot for us wrestling fans, but it's kind of that that type of kind of promotion that you're gonna have to pay attention to stuff. Yes, absolutely. And uh, lastly, before our interview here with Gunnar Mathis, I want to give a shout out to Battle Slam. They have three shows coming up this weekend. It is Juneteenth weekend, um, which is, I live in Atlanta, so obviously it's a a really big deal here too. They do like a really big parade and a whole festival that goes on from Friday through Sunday. So Battle Slam is going to be a part of the actual parade, which is cool, on on Saturday. um, And on, so they're doing Friday night. I, I can, I'm hoping to get out there on Saturday. I have to work my shoot job Friday and then there's father's day on Sunday. So it's just a tough weekend, but like um, anyone who's in Atlanta, I'd recommend checking that out. If you can battle slams are they're great events. I go to, I think I've been to every battle slam show that they've, that they've run. Um, and there, there's going to be a lot of good talent. So like it just, you know, if you're in Atlanta or, and it's also going to be on television, it's going to be broadcasted um on like Peachtree tv here locally and uh on atl news uh news first i think is the channel or the network so like there's it's pretty cool to seeing like a pro wrestling company here in atlanta that's local that you know promotes african-american talent that promotes the the crossover between hip-hop and wrestling and stuff so much and to see them being a part because like it's a big deal to be a part of this parade and this festival so like for them to bring like a wrestling ring into this and like have three days worth of matches set up it's a really cool thing that they're doing and uh, you'll get to see a lot of good talent. I, I'm not sure Baron's going to wrestle yet uh, for the, uh, to, to defend the icon title. I, I don't think he's, uh, he's said that yet, but there's going to be a lot of good talent on the show that we, uh, that we get to see off, um, often on the shows like Snoop strikes is someone who gets left on Austin green, someone who gets slapped on. Um, I, I believe they're doing Eli Isom for Jonathan Gresham on one of these shows. Like there's going to be a lot of really good talent on these. Um, the Russell twins will be on there again. So like, Check it out. Shout out to Battle Slam. And uh, if you're in Atlanta, I may be out there on Saturday. Um, and if not, just support what they're doing uh, here around Atlanta. I think it's a it's a cool thing. It's a really cool thing. Is there anything yeah, you'd like to add about Battle Slam or about about like Juneteenth or anything just in general? 
Yeah, Battle Slam, I think, is is a promotion that's really fun in the fact that they mix hip hop and in wrestling in such a unique way. And uh definitely support it if you're in the Atlanta area or you can watch it on TV. It's a great, you know, great to support your independent wrestler, uh, independent wrestling in general. And for Juneteenth in over here on the East Coast, over in uh Brooklyn, they're doing Black Wrestle Fest. And we actually talked to yesterday on In the Wee's Darius Carter, who yeah. I feel is one one of the best wrestlers in the world, especially on the independent scene. And he talked about his matchup. He's racing Janai Kai on Battle Club Pro's uh, Do the Right Thing. I think that's going to be available on Title Match. Uh, so you could check that out over there. So yeah, Darius Carter, definitely one of my favorites. And definitely if you don't know Darius Carter, you should know Darius Carter. So go out of your way to check out the interview. Check out, he's going to be on that show. He's also going to be, I believe, on uh, BCW versus uh, Mark uh, Marcus Mather is over there, so he's going to be busy, and uh, Black Russell Fest is a great one if you're on the East Coast. If you're in the New York area, you can support that. That's going to be going down in Brooklyn this weekend. There you go. Good stuff. SP3, um, thank you again for joining me on the show. As always, brother, let everyone know where to find you. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. I'll be going live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel today at 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time with AE Ramble with myself and Jimmy Macaram. Uh, as Joe Pearl has, has coined before, we are the AEW Sour Graps because Jimmy <laughs> Macaram does not like Tony Khan and his booking all the time. So it's always fun to see me, who's a lot more positive about last night's show, and I'm sure Jimmy is not. So it's going to be a fun time seeing the juxtaposition between us. So join us live over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel where we got content daily. I'll be over there on Friday for Dark Side of the Ring review. We'll be there on Saturday at 11.05 a.m. Eastern time with our flagship show. And then on Sunday, we are deba debuting a new AEW collision review show with myself and Sober Guy JJ at 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. So I'll be there the next couple of days. But thank you, Jensen, for having me. Thank you for Jeremy. I love uh, filling in for him or you on this show. The show is such a great format where you guys talk about all of professional wrestling. And I love just bringing awareness to uh, promotions that you might not know about. Jensen got me watching Fight Pro, which I probably wouldn't have known about if I wasn't on the show today. And I'll be following along with that. So I love the format here on the spotlight and support the spotlight and Fightful for sure. Like I do. Awesome. Thanks again, man, for joining as always. And y'all are about to hear an interview with myself and Gunnar Mathis, who is an avid Cody Rhodes collector. Uh, the first kind of handful, probably about the first half or so of it is we're talking about him as a fan, his collection and that kind of stuff. And then he goes around and he starts showing us what he's got. Um, for, to put this interview into perspective, the first item he shows is my grail item. The thing that I want the most in my collection. He shows it right off the bat. So it's just like, it's a great interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please let me know in the chat, everybody, if there's any audio issues or anything um, as I play this. But without any further ado, here's my interview with Gunnar Mathis. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion here on the Spotlight on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, joined today by somebody I came across on Twitter, and I'm very interested in knowing more about and seeing the collection this man has put together. I am joined by a Cody Rhodes collector, Gunnar Mathis. Gunnar, how are you doing today? Great, Steven, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. Um, so like I said, you know, I'm I'm a big Cody Rhodes guy. You know, I made sure to wear one of my Cody Rhodes shirts today. You know, gotta gotta get in the spirit. And um, you know, he he's my dude. Um, I, I'm a longtime fan, and 
when I came across your Twitter, I was very impressed because I'm somebody who I, I collect a lot of things and I do collect some Cody things, but the things that you've collected are like next level, a lot of this stuff. And um, first and foremost, how did you become a wrestling fan just in general? Uh, my dad, actually, when I was very young, he got me into it. Yeah, so, yeah, and you're, and you're I grew like, up watching it. And you're like, you're 21 currently. That's what it says yeah, on your Twitter. I turned 21 just a few days ago. Awesome. So longtime fan, your dad got you into it. Now, was Cody your favorite wrestler from the start or like who were kind of your, some of your favorites when you kind of got into it? From the start, my favorite was actually Shawn Michaels. Um, so growing up, big Shawn Michaels, um, Triple H fan, John Cena, of course, Jeff Hardy, that era. Um, but as I got a little bit older, um, that was funny, actually, is being a big DX fan, you hated the legacy. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, but no, growing, um, as soon as I got older a little bit, yeah, I became a, became a pretty big Cody fan for sure. <laughs> so, so what for, was it? Oh, for yes. the, as far as I can remember, yeah, he's been my favorite. So, so what was it like about Cody that draws you so much to him as a fan? Definitely his connection he has with the fans. Um, meeting him for the first time definitely put it over the top. Um you can tell he takes the time, you know, to to make sure you know he appreciates all of his fans. And then, of course, in ring, on the mic, everything. Yeah, you um, you traveled out to WrestleMania, I know, this year. And sure. how, how, how many different events have you gone to, um, like, live uh, since you've been kind of – well, I guess, do you know how many total live you've gone to and how many have you gone to since you've, like, really gotten into collecting? Oh, uh, honestly, not many. Um me and my dad, we just always watched it on TV growing up. So when I was younger, like WrestleMania came to Atlanta. Um, I forgot what year it was. Um, Wrestle, I think it was WrestleMania 28. They came to Atlanta. But I had a baseball yeah. 27. Yep, correct. Yeah. Um, had a big baseball tournament that weekend. So my dad's like, you're not, you're, we're not going to let you go. <laughs> I'm like, come on, we do this every weekend. Why can't we go to WrestleMania? Um, I would say the first big event I went to was All In um, in Chicago. That was like my first. Actually, that was, I think that, my, I mean, I went to house shows um, locally, like WWE house shows and everything. But my first like live, whether it be TV or pay-per-view event was actually all in. Um, so I went there, went to Double or Nothing in Jacksonville. Um, WrestleMania 38 was my first WrestleMania. And then, of course, this year's WrestleMania in Hollywood. And I've been to a few Raws and SmackDown since then as well, but not not as many shows as you would think. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you do it up big when you go, though. I mean, you, you were sending me some pictures. We were DM, DMing back and forth, kind of like some of the stuff that you were seeing at the merch stands and stuff that you were picking up. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll just get this question out of the way because this the rest, of the, the rest of this conversation is going to be very positive, like very upbeat, very positive. But I do have to ask you, you fly all the way out to California. Cody loses <laughs> in that main event. Like, what? How did that feel? Because I was, I, I'm still having nightmares. Like, I have flashbacks of that Solo Sokoa thumb, like Maybe over and over. Yeah. So, how, how did it feel? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you had a great time there. I'm sure it was a great experience. WrestleMania, all the cool stuff going on, and a great, and great shows, you know, overall. But what was it like being the being there for Cody and seeing that happen live? Oh, devastated, man. It was like, because you know, everybody, the whole crowd thought everyone just knew he was going to win. Um, of course, that's the reason I went out there was to see that happen. Um, but then after, after the fact, you realize he still got the main event, the biggest show of the year. Um, his face was all over the billboards 
uh, in Hollywood. So that was great to see. And like you said, it was, an, it was a phenomenal show. But in the moment, my, my friends I went with, my buddy Andy actually got a video of my reaction because I guess he saw, he saw so, we, the section we were in, we could see Solo coming out of the crowd, coming back out. And I was like, oh, no. I just knew it was about to happen. And uh, so he got a funny video, actually, my reaction. And I'm just, I was devastated. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, my my realization moment was when, so, I mean, I remember it all so vividly. Like, Cody hits one crossroads, hits two crossroads. I'm standing up in my living room. My brother is like, my brother doesn't even like wrestling. And he's, like, super invested in this moment because he knows how invested I am. And I'm like, this is it. This is this finally happening. This is the moment. Yep. And I saw Heyman get on the ring apron, and that's when I was like, "Oh no! Oh no! Wait, what's happening? Where's?" Because like they, the the camera is on Heyman, so I'm like, "What's happening in the ring?" Why Cody hasn't hit this crossroads? And when I saw that thumb go back and hit Cody, it was just man, yeah, just just complete devastation, like you said. But yep. now, now, do you think? Because obviously Cody stayed very over, and his theme song and entrance and everything might be even more over now than it's ever been. Um, so in you know, so in certain aspects, I, I I'm not going to sit here and say it was the right idea. I'm not because it was he should have won in the main event of WrestleMania. I'm not going to switch my opinion about that. But do you think, given where things are headed, that Cody is going to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania next year, and like this is where this is all eventually headed? I have no choice but to say yes. <laughs> um, I, I do. I do believe that um, the way I think um, the story is headed. I definitely think next year in Philly, um, coming back from underneath, I think he'll. I think he'll get an, uh, the Rumble win back to back, and then yeah, challenge Roman again, and I think he beats him there. I think I don't. I think that's the only. At, at this point, you Roman has to lose the titles at WrestleMania, and. They're not going to miss on Cody twice, two years in a row. So, <laughs> Man, you would hope not. Um, the one thing in the back of my mind is always The Rock. You know, just like that possibility of like The Rock swooping in and like getting that match with Roman and them doing it at WrestleMania and like Cody somehow getting boxed out again. This whole other title, which I really don't like this other title on, on Seth Rollins. Like, and that's because I'm so biased towards, I like Cody finishing the story. He should be the only champion. Absolutely. Like, you know, Absolutely. so. I listen, I got love for Seth Rollins. He's super over as well. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not ignorant to that, but it does deflate the moment a little, devalues it a little bit that there's this Absolutely. other world champion now. And it sounds like you agree. Yeah, if you want to elaborate on that at all. I definitely agree. Um, of course, a lot of the fans were clamoring for another belt. They don't want, you know, Roman's not there a whole lot, at least as much as he was. So, of course, they want a belt on the Raw show. <clears throat> so, I mean, I get that aspect of it, but I kind of I agree with you. Um, and I do think if Cody is going to beat Roman, he shouldn't touch Seth Rollins or that belt until, you know, way down the road. Because um, at, at the end of the day, that's not the belt that he wants. That's not the belt that finishes the story anyways. Um, the belt That belt's lineage, actually, Dusty won that belt. So the belt he wants is what Roman has. Um and I, yeah, that has to happen next year and and at WrestleMania in Philly, and I think it will. Yeah, I mean, I dude, I I I sure hope so. I sure hope so, especially yeah, me and you both. <laughs> yeah, especially because I mean, I can't let like, that happen twice in a row. I'm I'm gonna go again <laughs> next year. I'll be there. But hey, if it happens twice in a row, I don't know. The following yeah. year, I might have to I have to be like, Phew. yeah, you might just have to give up on wrestling altogether, man. <laughs> like just. Because that was what was so crazy was when Cody left WWE, it was like this whole new world of like, because I was already tapped in on the independent scene, but like when AEW formed and everything, 
So for him to leave AEW is obviously such a humongous deal for so many reasons. And a big part of that gamble is like, okay, well, if he's going to do this, he's got to win the title. Like it's got to be about winning this title. Like, cause he's got money. Like he's, he's got clout or whatever. Like he's got, like what he doesn't ever have is the WWE championship. And now he's going back as like a totally different dude. Vince sees him differently. The company sees him differently. Like this is it. This is what it's all about. So I, I agree. Like it, I feel like it has to happen at WrestleMania this year. And I think that they've clearly done what you've said, where they're, they're making it to where Cody, they're not devaluing Cody on the show to where it makes him seem uncredible to become the champion. Cause otherwise, why wouldn't he be fighting for the title? Obviously he was like the number one pick for raw. Why wouldn't he be, you know, he keeps winning, but the way that they're playing this is he's avoiding that title completely. Like you said, while being sidetracked by things that are arguably more important, like Brock Lesnar is probably a bigger deal than fighting for this new title. This Dominic thing, how do you feel about Dominic? Because Dominic is like super over in his own right as well, which is kind of out of nowhere almost. Um, How do you feel about that being like the next, uh, me and Jeremy are going to talk about that on the show before y'all hear this interview. So what are your thoughts on that? I saw a lot of hate online for that today. Um, I I I don't quite understand it. Dominic, is arguably the greatest heel in the business today. And I don't, I mean, you can say MJF, you can say Roman, of course, but nobody gets the kind of reactions that Dominic gets. Um, the crowd literally won't let him speak. So I think it'll be an interesting aspect. It'll be the, the biggest heel in the business and then the most over guy in the business. Um, and obviously, in my opinion, it's just a quick one-off feud, Brock taking a pay-per-view off. We knew that was coming anyway. And, and to me, like, if you're going to have Brock Cody trilogy, Rumors of it being a um, Texas bull rope match. You want to have the big, you know, that be their final bout or whatever. You want to have that at SummerSlam over Money in the Bank. So, to me, I'm I'm all for it. Actually, Cody and Dominic. It's a new opponent. Somebody, um, somebody hasn't been in the ring with. Somebody hasn't really worked with much. So I'm all for it. And then, obviously, get back to Brock right after, and then get the win at SummerSlam. For sure. And there's some layers there too. Second generation wrestler. Both of Absolutely. them like. Like Cody's got that history with Ray. Actually, at that WrestleMania we just brought up, Ray wrestled Cody at that WrestleMania. Yep. Um, I was there as well. That was a that was the first WrestleMania I attended as well. Was um, should have been mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I uh, I'm local to Atlanta as well. I lived in Nashville for like about ten years and then moved back right around the pandemic. So um, now I I wanted to ask you more about it, kind of on the collecting side. How did you? Like, how did you start and how do you, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to pry, but like, it's an huh. expensive hobby. Like, you know, it sure. isn't cheap to buy these items. Um, If you don't mind it, like, how, like, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying like, how do you make your money? But like, like for people who are out there trying to do what you're doing, like, how, how do you make this happen? Because only being 21, like you're a young guy, your beer, these trips are expensive. This merchandise is expensive, but you're putting together as a fan. It's a super impressive collection. Um. Well, as you can see, it's pretty it's it's pretty extensive. It's something I've worked hard on for a long time. Um, it all started um, growing up. I always collected wrestling figures. Um, and then whenever um, he went to the indie scene and all that, obviously, they weren't really making many figures of him. And so I was just always collecting figures. It, it, I never collected belts or gear or, you know, anything outside of that. And so it all started like my dad would, I don't know if you've ever seen people make like custom figures, like of of people that don't like are in companies that don't really have like figure lines. My dad would, um, he was really good at making like custom figures. So like I have a, I still have them all, um, 
Cody in a suit with Bernard, the business bear. Um, if you remember that, um, and just different, different events, um, from when he was in ring of honor in new Japan and stuff. And then, um, one of my buddies hooked me up with, a intercontinental replica title. And then from that point, I was like, well, I have this now I have to get every other title. He's won at least major title. Of course, he won OVW titles and, and all that stuff. But as far as major companies and um, all that, I was like, I have to get all the titles he's ever held. So I'd say that's what really started um, trying to get a little bit of everything. Wow. So it was the, the white strap IC title belt. Yep. Um, and that started it all. Wow. So, um before because i'm obviously funny funny about that story is um the buddy that i got it from actually whenever i bought uh i was going to meet cody at a show in atlanta the day i bought it from him but i didn't even have the money then to pay him for it so he loaned it to me um and i took it down there to get signed and then i paid him back later for for that belt um but yeah that's what started it all for sure that's awesome i I definitely want to get some looks at your collection here in a second um but uh so it starts with the belt and then i mean because it's transformed into a lot of different stuff and how like so did you did you complete the belts first and then you started venturing out on stuff or did it was like the belt and then here and there and then like because because once again is these are real decisions that have to be made like these are like like some of your items are like very expensive like one of a kind like so i'm also trying to get kind of in your head like decision making process of like what to go big on when you're making big purchases, like who you even go through to buy this stuff, like who, who to trust knowing you're getting authentic stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so the, I would say after I, I completed all the belts, but like just small things in between getting those, um, you know, once you dive deep into collecting something, you want it all right then. So it all yeah. happened so fast. Like it seemed like it all really happened overnight. Obviously it didn't, but as far as the more expensive stuff that I have goes, actually, so one of my buddies, um, he makes gear. Um, and so I, there for forever, I was like, yeah, I'm never going to have the chance. Because it's so hard, you know, to get ring-worn gear from certain wrestlers. And like you said, trusting somebody to know that something like that is authentic. Well, one of my best friends, actually, he works for AW now in their wardrobe department, um, making gear and stuff. For a while, I was like, I'm never going to be able to get ring-worn gear. And so I actually just paid him to make like a replica pair of tights. I mean, you were talking about it, the double or nothing ones. Um, cause that was my, that's my face, still this day, my favorite match ever. And I was like, I at least want to have like a replica um, pair of tights from that match or whatever. And then out of nowhere, one day, my buddy surprises me with the, um, the actual ring-worn ones. Um, because he obviously he was working in AW at the time, still sure. is or whatever. But Cody hooked him up with those. I don't I don't know the ins and outs of everything that happened. To be honest with you, um, he just texted me one day a video, and it's, it says to Gunner. He signed them and wrote "Do the work on them." And uh, yeah, wow. So that's that's, that's how that that happened, which is obviously the centerpiece of my collection. Um, probably won't be taught, but that's how something like that happened. And as far as the other expensive stuff I have goes. Um, just over time, I mean, reaching out, you, uh, meeting new people on Twitter, Facebook, um, and all that. And then, yeah, of course, anything that's thrown up on the shops, AEW, WWE now, I got to scoop it up quick because I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah, man. I was on WWE shop yesterday because, of course, they dropped those new Cody shirts. So I went on there and yep. um, and I saw, like, 
some of like the plaques were discounted and like the stuff with like the the ring canvas and stuff is discounted it just becomes a, a big rabbit hole because before i know it my my cart's like two three hundred dollars and i'm like oh man like you know yeah. <laughs> it adds up quick it sure does like like you were talking about i was showing you the stuff at the merch stands at wrestlemania this year yeah, I could have spent way more money in that place. I mean, the stuff they had was incredible, but you kind of have to pick and choose what you want. Um, the problem for me is I want everything. So um, my buddies were telling me I was crazy for all the stuff I was buying um, day one of the Superstore out in Los Angeles. They were like, you're crazy. Like, you have a thousand Cody autographs. You don't need that. I was like, yeah, dude, come on. Load yeah. up. I, I'm here right now. I have to buy it. Um, but yeah, so that's funny. But yeah, yesterday, as soon as the shirts went up in that new weight belt, I was like, I gotta get those. <laughs> the red one. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, see for people listening to this, me and Gunnar understand each other. We're both investors here. Okay. We both, <laughs> we, we both, we both understand what, what we're doing. Um, I've gotten really deep into like signed AEW figures and, yeah. uh, like the, what started that was getting the, the Cody, you know, the, the first series one Cody signed. And then I was like, well, I'm trying to get the whole first series signed and start chipping away at that. The next thing I know, my whole, I, I don't want to move my camera around, but like my whole wall starts getting full the of these things. And, that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, all around me and the, the loose figures and the, the autographs and it just becomes this big thing, but it's what it happens it, quick. It, it, it does. It does that. The, the pandemic definitely um, uh, expedited that big time. Yeah. Big time um, for me as well. Cause you're at home, you're, you know, you're like, you're all the time wanting to add something to us. Yeah, the pandemic, I would say actually that's right around the time when my, actually I have pictures from like my collection when it started to like now. So it's pretty cool to go back and look over the years and like see how quickly it's, but yeah, I would say around that time too is when it all like out of nowhere, just bam. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Blue. And something, uh, just a tip for people, this is something that's worked for me. People are trying to get into collecting. Um, I had a good friend who got me in on like this like private Facebook AEW figures group, you know, and like it was something where I was like, really, something like that would be. And it's every day there's people on there putting pictures of what they've got. People who are who are who are saying you were vouching for other people, saying I bought from this guy or that guy, and like they're legit, and like you buy with confidence. And before you know it, you have like this whole connection of people where I find myself just like bored on like a Friday night, just sitting around. And I'll just like shoot a message to a complete stranger that I only know because because of this group and just be like, hey man, you still got that so-and-so figure? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, yeah, send it on over. I'm gonna PayPal you right now. You know, it's just yeah. it becomes a, it becomes those like groups, a community. Those groups are amazing. Actually, two of my best friends in the world I met on those groups. Um, just over time, you know, you talk to them more and more, you buy something from them, they buy something from you, and now we talk every day almost. Um, and actually attend shows together and whatnot. So yeah, um, those those groups on Facebook are are huge if you're trying to get into. It. You got to be careful, of course. There's there's always people in there, you know, trying to get people. But if you're yeah. careful and all that, you can you can definitely uh, kickstart your collection or or expedite it for sure. I I'd, I'd recommend buying with friends and sorry with uh, goods and services on PayPal when you're starting out and like you don't know people yet. Um, because I've had like packages lost and stuff before, and it's like you know you, at least you're covered by PayPal when you do it that way. But then once you start to get to know people, like, you know, you start making deals with people and stuff and it becomes oh, yeah. a lot, a lot easier, but yeah, buy with caution. If you, if you're getting into it, you're new, but I always, you know, I always try to do little things like, Hey, take some videos of you saying kind of like your name, show me a couple angles of it. Like, so I know you've got it in hand, like, you know, be, be careful of course with what you, with, you know, what you're doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So 
All right, man. Can you show me some of your stuff? Because I would love to see um, a bit of this collection. You kind of explain the pieces as you're uh, showing them to me, if you don't mind. Let's see, where do we start? And we it's funny. Out. It's funny, Gunner, because on this show, every single week, I ask, "What's the coolest thing in your, in your room?" To every person that I interview, and <laughs> um, and this, the next like half of this interview is going to be the coolest stuff in your room, which I'm actually really excited about. So, how about flip this camera around? Let's see. Hmm. Well, I guess I can just pull some stuff out. Um, let's see. Where do we start? <laughs> I'll start here with one of my favorite pieces. Awesome. Oh my dude. Okay, so this thing right now is um that's by the way, that's my that's my grail figure. Like you start oh, yeah? you, you started off this <laughs> with my grail figure. Um, yeah, that thing's going for like between like three and six thousand probably right now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's uh, it's insane. So, that one actually, I looked up, I don't know if you remember, rink the first, yes, I hate myself, yeah, Rinkstot actually posted them for mm, sale 100 bucks, 100 bucks, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I ordered that one in the Jericho and I sold the Jericho and kept that one. I basically have zero dollars into it, and now they're going, like you said, they're going for. What three or six thousand? Probably something like that. And I see them signed every now and then. You know the price will fluctuate, but they're they're. I, I keep my eye on that one because that, like I said, that's my grail. And and I didn't, I didn't have the money at the time, but I wish I would have just done it anyway. Because yeah, for a hundred bucks, that was an absolute steal. I remember when those went up, and I hate myself for not getting one. But congratulations! That yeah, that I I that, like I said, that's, that's a grail figure. And here I'm gonna. Do you have this one? Um, I don't have the chase version. I have the regular version of that one. That's actually probably my favorite AW figure they did of him. Obviously, the Supremes are phenomenal, but I love that gear. Um, I really, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that one. Um, and so, actually, my whole life, I collected sports cards as well for my favorite teams and whatnot. So here recently, I've been getting into more collecting some of the more rare Cody cards um, and stuff. So I'll show you my favorite awesome Cody card in my collection. I was a baseball card collector as a kid as well. That's cool. So here's this. It's a 2009 Tops WWE. Very nice. Dusty Rhodes, I mean, Cody Rhodes dual autograph. Ooh, and it's graded an eight. Very yeah, nice. these were super tough to grade. Um, I just wanted it graded for my collection, of course. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, those, that's those great. Were tough to grade. And then this one, AEW just released a set last year called Spectrum. Dustin and Cody. Sorry, there's a glare. Very nice. Nice 8.5 there. Very signed by both of them there. Signed by both of them. Yeah, numbered to 12, actually. Um, do you awesome. keep up with a lot of the card game these days? Not a whole lot of the card game, unfortunately. I just so a little Prism, bit here and there. Prism's one of the best sets that comes out each year. Um, and they have a case hit, I would say. I think it's one in every five cases, and it's called a color blast. They're super rare. It's obviously super expensive. I just picked up this one recently. Ooh, I've it's seen. Oh, that's a ten too. Ooh, yeah. That's I graded cool. and got that one a ten. So those are a few of my favorite cards in my collection. Um, that one's. Those are growing pretty quick too, but um, and they keep growing. Did uh, did you did you pull any of those or were those all purchased? So actually, I um, I work at a sports card store, and one of my best friends, Alex, he was in the shop. And pulled that Cody. <laughs> no as way. I was, as, as I was looking for it, yeah, and they were going for like a thousand dollars, I believe, at the time. I think they're a little. I think they're down to like eight hundred now. But um, 
yeah, that he knew I was like, that was the number one card I was after. And so he's opening boxes and he's like, I got a color blast and he's slowly pulling it down and I see the boots and I'm like, it's Cody. And we go crazy flipping out. And of course he hooked me up with it. He went, he's like, yeah, you got to have this. <laughs> and then <laughs> I graded it the next or I sent it in for grading the next day and it came back at 10. Um, so I was, I was, I was stoked with that one for sure. Dude, that's incredible. You'll have to tell me um, after we record where you work at. I'll definitely come check that out. Yeah, of course. Um, let's see. Here's some of the belts. So, actually, I don't know if anyone notices. Sorry, the camera won't flip, so if it looks a little. It's okay. I can see you good. So, I have them uh, in order from when you want them. So, I'll start off with the tag belt and then the oval IC. And I got a little replica mask, if you can see it. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite era of Cody in the WWE, by the way, was the undashing with the mask. Oh, yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. That, one of my favorite belts. That was the one that started it that I told you about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the tag. And then, of course, this was the first one he won when he left. Yep. ROH world title. And this one made me mad. So he, uh, he won that belt and then debuted the new ROH title. Oh, right. So he had to buy both of them. <laughs> he held it for about 10 minutes because I believe he lost Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle, yep. And uh, I still had to buy it, though, because he held it. So that's, yep. how that's how crazy I am. Dude, I respect it. The Dome Globe. Of course, yep. Was there for that match. That was phenomenal. Had to get that. IWGP US. Very nice. And then I had to get all the, the three different TNT titles he held, of course. Yep. For that terrible first one <laughs> where mike tyson was falling asleep right that's right the the gold one and then my favorite one mm. is black one yep yeah that's very nice so those are all the belts of course um funny story before wrestlemania i was so confident cody was gonna win oh yeah that i went and bought the black and blue replica belts um online i was so confident he was gonna win i went ahead and bought him because i found a good deal and I bought him. And of course, he didn't win. And now there's a whole new title. So I bought two <laughs> I bought two replica titles that are never even going to be used. So if anyone needs a universal and WWE World Heavyweight title, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was saying before WrestleMania, I was like literally hitting people up like, just release the Cody Rhodes is the champion merchandise now so I can just start pre-ordering it. Like, like yeah. I was, I was just as confident, man. Well, they teased everybody. So at the superstore, they had, they actually had Cody's side plates for sale. Oh no. Um, so everyone was like, yeah, he's winning because why would they be selling side plates if he's not winning? And they did that obviously on purpose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, these were some of the pieces I picked up in Los Angeles. Yeah. Those are great. You said those were like like two fifty or so a piece. They were like two hundred a piece. Two um, hundred. Those are nice. They they only had those three from Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania, and Royal Rumble. So I was like, I can't get one and not the other two. Might as well. Go That's off. a big part of the sickness, by the way, everybody. It's the it's the it's the justification in your head of like I got one, so now I gotta get the whole set. That's it's, yeah. it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. It never it never ends. If you, once you get the first one, you have to go all in. Yeah. You, you can't it. stop there. Um, some of my favorite pickups recently, I got the, um, hell in a cell chair from Chicago and then I had to pick up the rumble yep. and mania chair, even though, uh, yeah, I mean, still a great, great piece. Oh yeah. That's my favorite one. Um, it's a great chair. People were actually selling them 
as as they were leaving the event, but in, at the moment I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was too heartbroken. Oh yeah, I hear you. Um, but yeah, and then of course these are the. This is my favorite piece. The ring worn from Arthur Ashe Stadium. Man, that is that's incredible. So here's where he, right here, it's where he signed him. He wrote my name and everything. That's so cool. And you got a weight belt on top of it as well. Is that, did you wear that belt also? Or is that, um, no, so this, um, so funny enough. So A AES Threadix is who makes his weight belts. And this was back when he started doing the weight belts. Um, and he started wearing them. He was posting that, um, they were who made them. And I messaged him and I was like, Hey, um, could y'all just like make a replica or whatever of that one for my, and, and me purchased it for my collection. And they were like, yeah, let's let me let's ask um, Cody if that's all right and everything. And if, as long as he says it's cool, it's cool. And like a week later, they hit me up and they're like, "Yeah, we can do it. You know, whatever you want." And at that point, he was only doing the white ones, so I went ahead and bought it. Um, and then like two months later, they start selling them on their website, like replica ones. Obviously, oh, wow. the demand caught up, or like maybe I gave them the idea to start selling them. Um, so I got that. And then I got it signed by him at the NWA 70 show in Nashville. I was at that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's where he lost to all this. Lost the title yeah. back. Yeah, that was that was a really fun show. Of course, him losing. But no, that was a great match. Him and Aldis worked great together. So hopefully we see that again down the road. Yeah, there was a good handful of like would-be like AEW talent on that show too. Like, yeah, it was a, that's it was the first time I ever heard. I think Sammy Guevara was on that he one. was on that show. Yeah, the first time I ever saw, seen him or heard of him. So that was fun. And then. Yeah, a bunch. That was a great show. And then, so the black weight belt, that one, they the same company posted those um, whenever they posted the white ones because by that point he wore he was wearing the black ones as well, and so I bought that one. Um, but yeah, the ring worn tights from Arthur Ashe Stadium. Those those won't be topped. But hopefully, my number one piece I'm going after now. I know I mentioned it to you a couple weeks ago. Is the ring worn jacket? Yeah. Um, is it WWE ring worn or AEW ring worn? I don't, I mean, I, I'm not, I can't really be picky. Um, oh, of course, cool. I mean, some, some are going to cross over to both, right? Because, like, he yeah, so wore someone each. I think he wore two in both, like, just um, the blue and red one, like, the you know, the main look or whatever. Like, if it's on the Supreme figure. Um, right. So, of course, anything like that, like, that look is what I'm looking for. Um, I would love that. And, of course, I would love the, the jacket that he wore that matched the tights that I have at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It wasn't really a jacket. It was like a vest and with the long cape on it. So, yeah, yeah. he actually – so, he. funny enough, I posted my collection probably a year ago now, um, and he retweeted it and was like, I'm going to get you the jacket that uh, matches those tights. And was like, it's yours or whatever. He was like, hit up Jeff Jones. So, I hit him up, and I never heard anything of it. You know how everyone gets busy. So, hopefully that comes to fruition one day. I'm able to get that and secure it and put it with the – the tights hey someone clipped this interview let's let's hit up cody on twitter let let people know we're trying to we're trying to get that we're trying to get that jacket for gunner um oh, that'd be man. amazing <laughs> um so <laughs> i i don't i don't expect an answer on this by the way i'm just throwing this out there let's say aew hidden treasures came to your house and started looking around your collection and said Gunner, we real we're, we're gonna really need those those trunks. Like, what's it gonna take to get those trunks from you? Like, is that something? Like, is there is there anything that you would trade for those? Is there any? I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't want a dollar amount because that's that's not fair to put that out there. But like, 
that those are like untradeable. Like that's Grail. That's that's it. That's the that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the prize. If some, item. If, yeah, if that was ever a thing, yeah, they're they're untouchable. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just the story behind them, and of course, one of my best friends hooking me up with them. Um, yeah. yeah, they're they're not going anywhere. Um, now, if they wanted to like use them for a display or whatever, because I know how they work those deals out with the WWE Hidden Treasures things. Like, sure, they work a deal out with the um, the owner to like display them or whatever. That's a loan amount. Yeah. But as far as selling them, yeah, there's no dollar amount or unless I guess unless it had to be another important Cody piece <laughs> that I was going to be trading them for. But no, I don't think there's anything I'd get rid of those for. That's kind of my rule of thumb, too, to be honest, would be like I would need something of his to replace it. Oh, yeah. And then, like, yeah. something to fill that, you know, and also, obviously, it would depend on what it is. If it's something that's like super sentimental that they're trying to get back for like their career, like, I would, I'd figure something oh, out. Like if, like, yeah. Like, yeah. if I had anything that like the actual wrestler hit me up, like, and like wanted back, then yeah, you can't, turn, you can't tell them no. Right. But if it was like a fan or, like you said, AEW reaching out, I don't know. It'd take, <laughs> the, <laughs> it'd be very hard for me to get rid of anything like that, especially yeah. since. Like I said, one of my one of my friends hooked me up with him. It's just something that, you know, you don't want to part with. Yes. Hey, can you show me the uh, the figures, like all the the figure display? Oh yeah. So I have every Cody figure ever made, from Jack specific to to now. Can you see those? Yes. Yeah. It's a little dark, but I I can make out. So that's like some of the earlier ones, some of the earlier mm -hmm. um, Jacks to Mattel basics and whatnot. And then here's the customs I was mentioning to you. If you can see those. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So my dad and a couple of friends actually made all those. And then here's here's some more. Some of the stardust and dashing and yeah. All that tell made. And then here's all his AEW figures. Yep. I have most, if not all, the AWs. I'm still working on like, the chases. I've got one yeah. of his chases. And then yeah, I got this... most of them. So I have all, I have every single one of his figures ever loose, including like the little, like these, all the Funko Pops and Micro Brawlers and that kind yes. of stuff. And then I don't have them all men on card as well. That's actually something I'm, I'm chasing right now. I'm trying to get every, since I have them all loose, now I'm trying to go back and get everything in the package as well. Yes. Now you haven't opened any of the chase or rear figures, have you? To have a no, loose. No, I just okay. bought the. I just bought another gray suit chase, the one of three thousand, I believe it is, or five. I've got 000. one of those as well. Yeah, those bought, are fairly I common. A, yeah, I bought a second one of those because they were cheap just to open. But no, I can't open that first one. God. Oh no, of course, of course not. So no, I, I actually, so when that. I bought that one, when I bought that one of five hundred, I tried to go back and order another one to open because they, would, I think they would only let you order one or two at a time. And I ordered the Jericho and Cody, went back to order another Cody, planning on opening it. And I would have. Um, and they were out of stock by then. But I was lucky enough to get the one. I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, when you when you start off a room tour with my Grail figure, like, I mean, there's not a whole lot more I can really, <laughs> yeah, I I wish can really my, say. Yeah, I wish the camera I wish the camera could flip. It'd be a lot easier to show you everything. Um but that's okay. Sure. If, if maybe if you if you wouldn't mind like sending me over some pictures, I'll oh absolutely. I'll make sure to I'll put like a tweet and like uh we'll put a little link in the description of the video and stuff uh, so everyone can see like uh yeah I'll shoot you a, I'll shoot you a great video of everything too. So oh yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. That'd be incredible. Do you have any kind of like YouTube channel or anything that you're trying to do or anything like that? So it's something I've debated starting. Um, right now, just um I'm on Instagram 
at the underscore roads underscore collector. I'm just basically posting every, all of my new pickups um, and whatnot. Um, I've debated doing a YouTube channel and all that. Just time gets in the way. <laughs> Finding time to sure, do all sure. that is very tough. But that in the in the near future, that's definitely something I would like to to do for sure. Awesome. Is there anything else in the collection or anything else that you would like to show me before we kind of wrap this thing up? Um, let's see. I mean, you're surrounded by stuff. I was gonna <laughs> like, say, like, I know it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, it, it doesn't end like that. And I got so much stuff too, by the way. I just don't have room to display. Um, I know that. I know that struggle as well. well that becomes so a, like, that becomes a real problem. You're trying to pick and choose what you want displayed, and you're like, oh, you know. Uh, I'm waiting on. So I just I just received in the mail uh, yesterday the Cody defining moments. I'm assuming you probably still got waiting that as on well. mine. I'm, oh, I'm getting jealous. I'm getting you're jealous. You're in Atlanta also. Yes. Well, right above Atlanta. I'm in Ringgold, if you know where that's at. Yeah, I know where that's at. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in Sandy Springs. I um Oh nice. Yeah, I uh I got mine in the mail yesterday. I'm surprised you haven't got yours yet. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that should be no, there, right around the yet. corner. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting on that. I'm I'm getting jealous of everybody posting theirs. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I gotta get this. <laughs> well, and we're still waiting on that ultimate that I'm sure you also pre-ordered like over a year ago along with me. Oh uh, so, so I pre I, I jumped the gun on those. I pre-ordered five of them. Don't 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 ask me why. <laughs> Do not ask me why I pre-ordered five of them. When they posted them, I was like, let's go. I gotta get I gotta get a minnow card one. I gotta get one to keep. I gotta get a loose one, and I gotta get a loose one to display without the jacket. And then an extra <laughs> one just in case. I'm like, what the heck did I do? Um I love that. So I can't I can't wait until I get those. I'm I'm excited for those. The packaging looks excellent on those. Yeah. Um, Everyone's complaining about the figures, but I'll wait to, um, you know, see my judgment until I get it in hand. Well, I'm, so I haven't opened any of the ones since he's returned to WWE. So, like, I've got, like, the basic, the elite, and the uh, the defining moments now. Um, and I haven't opened any of them. But, like, in the package, they look fine. And I've heard people, like, complain little things about, like, the tattoo and stuff. Like, and obviously you're comparing them to the AEW figures, which I thought were really good. I thought Jazzwares yeah. did a really good job with his AEW figures. It's going to be hard to top that Supreme figure of his. I, I agree. The Supreme is, is great. It's, it's a really now, great I'll figure. say, though, I'll say that the Elite that they've already released, that they kind of rushed. Like, if you were comparing just that figure to the Supreme figure without the jacket, I actually prefer the Elite. I can see that, figure. yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's that's a great figure. Um but yeah, I'm, I've I've heard people kind of diss the uh, defining moments from because of the neck tattoo or whatever. Um, mm. But I saw that one in person at the um, superstore, and I, that's that one. That one's incredible. So I'm excited to get that one in hand. Do you, do you collect like anyone else, or because like I picked up like the Shawn Michaels also when I got the Cody, but I didn't get the yeah. whole set. So I'm actually about to move them all, but I'll show you. I I, I do have a lot of figures left from. Wait, so are you gonna you eventually that will be all Cody? Like you're gonna move everyone else? Oh yeah, I'm about to Cody sell works. I'm about to sell all those because like I told you, I'm in the works of of getting some pretty big pieces in the Cody collection. So yeah. I gotta have room to display those. So I'm about I'm about to sell all of my AEW figures and WWE Elites, Ultimates and all that. So I collect yeah, I do collect those for the not for long though. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um the only other one I was gonna ask you about, because I know you just said you bought five of the Cody Ultimates. Um, I I snagged one of those um, Logan Paul pre-orders and I wish I would have gotten more now because I'm seeing people online like already yeah, doing like, like- $300? Yeah, and they haven't even dropped yet. It's just people are buying the right, basically the rights to the pre-orders now. 
So like, um, wow. yeah. So I, I didn't, did you snag any of those or just strictly Cody? Um, no, I didn't actually. Um, one of my buddies picked up an extra Logan Paul and he was like, if you want it, when I get it in, it's yours and all that. So, but now I won't be collecting by then. So there's no point in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, just snagged all the Cody's when they, when they went up. There you go. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you showing me the collection, man. I was really Absolutely. looking forward to this. And like, uh, I, I, I don't think this is going to be topped as far as uh, collections that I see on the show, as much as the cool stuff that we see on the show is me being a Cody yeah. guy, you, you being so, so you're, you're in so deep on the collecting on him specifically that like I, and people on the right. show, it's almost like a rib to the audience because I'm such I'm such a Cody Mark that people there's some people that are gonna watch this and they're gonna love the joy I'm having. Some people are gonna watch <laughs> this and be like, I hate this guy so much more because he won't shut up about Cody Rhodes. But I'm glad yeah. to have someone else on the show today that understands where I'm where I'm at with this. Oh yeah. So I got I forgot a piece over here in the corner. I'll show you real quick. So Absolutely. these obviously aren't these aren't the ringworn tights, but my friend I was telling you about, he made me these, the debut trunks. Yes. From 07. And then I got that's the original his original WWE promo. Yes. Autographed. That's when he that's when he had the better signature, in my opinion. He actually signed his name. I I get I, I understand why guys like him and John Cena do like do the the small one though, because you're sitting there signing for so long when they're oh, yeah. this stuff. I, I completely understand it. Uh, trust yeah. me, doing the sports card thing, there's so many players that literally sign like a they'll you can't i mean it's terrible so compared to most he actually still has a, a beautiful signature <laughs> <laughs> yes um very as cool far as, as far as yeah. non-cody stuff goes i'm i'm a big rocky balboa fan um, oh really so me, me and cm punk don't agree on that um so i'll show you this piece i have real quick again sure. it's something i don't have room to display oh wow it's signed by the entire cast very so cool. apollo creed all the guys framed up and everything. Wow. That's a really cool yeah. piece. But that comes that, that don't come before Cody, so it's not gonna get a space. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but so do do any the last thing I want to ask you, I guess, do any of these things come through your store? Like any of these items, or is your item is it mainly strictly like baseball cards where you're at? Just the, I mean, some of the Cody cards have, like I told you, my friend right. that at the store. Everything else is Facebook, Twitter, or just being in the right place at the right time really um, sure because every now and then i go to like a memorabilia store that's like mainly baseball cards but i'll also see like the occasional like i randomly picked up like a conan signed plaque the other day from wcw yeah, yeah. you know i mean just, like, you'll, you'll see like you'll like we we have some stuff of course if it was something cody it wouldn't be available <laughs> right of course uh, we ha we'll have some stuff like but when you go into your typical memorabilia like you're gonna see the same stuff like you're gonna see hogan or rock or austin stuff like that um you don't see a lot of like especially even current guys in general you just don't see a lot of that stuff because i guess the older collectors um that's not really what they're after but most of this stuff has all just been done by just over time just lucky being lucky on ebay on facebook at the right time just when somebody posts something and then of course having friends that are awesome and hook me up with <laughs> cool pieces yeah dude i love it i respect it Keep doing what oh, you're yeah. doing, man. Don't let anybody. If it, sorry, what's that? I said I appreciate it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Don't let anybody out there. If anyone's out there trying to to say, hey, this is a bad idea. You're wasting your money. Don't listen to those people. What you're doing, I think, is very. Oh, important I get that. I get that a lot, but, but I, I, I mean, they may be right. You know, maybe no. they might be right. I don't. I don't think so. But hey, 
Um, I have fun doing it though, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. If I enjoy it, yes, it's something that I have fun doing, then I'm gonna keep doing it. I could not agree with that more. Um, let the people know where to find you. I know you said you have the Instagram and anything else that you want to plug or put out there before we get out. Yeah, of here. so my Twitter is just at Gunner Mathis, G U N N A R. Um, M-A-T-H-I-S. And then Instagram is at the underscore roads underscore underscore collector. You can find me on there. Um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Yana, for joining the show. And thank you to everyone who watched this. We'll be right back with uh, more of the spotlight. All right, y'all. I am back. Thank you very much for uh, Gunner for joining me. And thank you very much to everybody who watched the show today. I have to go clock in for my shoot job right now. So thank you to SP3 for joining me all episode. And thank you for Jeremy joining in. And it was great to have him back. All y'all go show some love to Jeremy. It'll be good to have him back uh, kind of more full time again, starting next week, it sounds like. So uh, thank you all very much. Make sure to hit the subscribe button and the like button right here on Fightful. Make sure to subscribe to Fightful Select. That's the best way to directly support what we do here at Fightful. And you can listen to the Fightful Select Weekend or podcast every Sunday. Uh, sometimes on Mondays, depending on what's going on on Sunday nights um, and stuff like that with uh, with the world of independent wrestling. Uh, so check that out, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. And uh, yeah, appreciate y'all once again. I'll be, uh, the next time y'all hear me, we'll be on Sunday or Monday talking on the Weekender. I'll be on Live Rounds with Doug on the RVD Theater for Life YouTube channel on Tuesday night at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. And then I'll be right back here on the spotlight for y'all on Thursday morning. So uh, we appreciate the comments, the likes, all the engagement, all that kind of stuff y'all can do to help the show out very much. And thank you very much for, uh, for watching the show today. Once again, y'all have a good one and uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.